This week on Talking Back, I guess I'll take... What's behind door number three? Talking Back. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to talk about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim. With me today in studio is co-host Dean. How you doing, Dean? I'm doing great, Tim. I am locked in and uh, ready to talk about some key moments. Um, what are you locked into? Uh, I'm locked into this comic. Oh, yeah. And this podcast, and I am ready to discuss key things. Another comic week, hey? Key things. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Nice. Nice one. Thanks. Um, we have, again, a special guest with us this week, coming back off of an episode where you forgot to turn the microphone on. I know. I'm sorry. So we thought, let's have him back real quick and f- make things right. Yeah. So I could apologize face to face. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and say, I'm sorry, Alex, that I messed up the audio. Mr. Alex Rupp, welcome back. Hey, th- thanks for having me back. I promise, listeners. Of course. This, this isn't going to happen so frequently. I, so if you don't like me, keep listening to the show. You won't hear me as much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no way. Come on. We love having you on. The listeners love you. No, I I, I love being here. We're all you guys let me kind of uh, pick uh, the the stuff that uh, that I'm interested in to actually come in and talk about. So, I mean, I don't oh, pick like the material, do but you let me pick when I want to be on. So we like to let our, our, our guests talk about things that they like. Yeah, so it seems natural. So we had total yeah. rec- we had total recall last time. Um, we did, yeah, a couple I, weeks back. I haven't gone back to listen to the actual episode just because it hurts my heart so much that uh, Dean ruined it. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm sorry, Alex. I'm sorry. See, Dean, you see, you see what see, happens. You know what? The thing about that episode <clears throat> is, though, you sound great because yeah. you are a smart person that turns on your mic. Well, yeah. We were actually trying to showcase you <laughs> on that episode. And I also do want to apologize a little bit if I if I cough at all. I'm getting over a cold, so. Uh, so me too, me too. Sorry. Yeah. No, no worries, no worries. I'm healthy. Okay, just don't healthy. cough on me, Alex. I'll try not to. Thanks. Yeah. So, we're here this week to do the Lock and Key comic book series. Yes. Now, this was on our radar for probably later this year. We were going to have Alex back as a guest to do this. Um, it's a book we know he loves and it's a book that we love, but we discovered Netflix is actually launching a series about this, this comic book. So we thought this is probably, probably an opportune time to just get together since we were going to do it anyways. We fast track this episode and we're going to talk about lock and key. And this will be released a couple days after that Netflix show airs. So we haven't seen that yet. We're we're recording this about a week ahead of time. We haven't seen it. We don't know what it's going to be like. We're all hoping that they do the book justice because the book is incredible. But yeah, we're curious. I'm curious. Right. So this show could be spoilers for the Netflix series, but we don't know. We haven't seen it. So we're just going to talk about the comic book, but we're going to talk about the comic book in depth. We're yeah, going to talk about spoilers for the comic book. If you're interested, if you haven't read the comics and you're interested in watching the show, maybe you should just watch that show. Maybe turn us off right now. Revisit this after you're done the show. Uh, if you don't care about the show, just continue on. 
uh, you know, it's probably going to be difficult for that show to be better than this book. You know, so, I, yeah. I, I, w- I was listening uh, to, to a podcast the other day where uh, where this guy mentioned there, there have been studies done that that mention spoilers, actually knowing spoilers going into something can uh, actually um, make you more engaged with the material, like make you like those moments even more. Because you interesting. Know, okay, interesting. Because you know you know they're coming and you're kind of you're, you're you're waiting for it uh, and it's it's like a I think they uh, they said it was like a puzzle so it's trying to like figure out how everything will lead up to that to that moment so you know maybe you don't care about spoilers I'm not one of those people I would totally turn this off but just uh, <laughs> just throw that out there you know I would listen I love spoilers. <clears throat> Funny spoiler story. Uh, probably the worst one I had was uh, when the the Sixth Sense came out. Mm. I was one of the later people to see it, and I was I was trying so hard not to get the spoilers for it. And it had been a couple weeks already, and I was in a basement at a at a party, and I heard some people starting to talk about it. So I left. I was like, I'm out of here. I can't have it spoiled. And as I'm walking up the stairs. Um, all I hear very faintly is he's dead all along. Oh and no! I'm like, oh no, 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 no. But um, interesting to your point, Alex, I went in there and it was a very curious experience because I knew that the kid was dead all along, but I actually didn't know that Bruce Willis was also dead. Oh, there so you go. I got like a different kind of spo- a well, different kind of like experience off of that. And, um, like a, a holy shit moment myself, uh, just in a different way. So Tim, you just showed that you went in thinking the wrong spoiler because the kid right. isn't dead. Is he not dead? No, no you got so confused that it. you went in with the kid being dead, and that's oh, okay. in your memory. Okay, it is Bruce Willis. So you were probably watching it thinking because oh, yeah, he oh, just sees dead people. Yeah, that's right. That's You're right. probably watching it thinking, oh, the kid's dead the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah I thought the kid. <laughs> and was then dead. like, oh, twist, it's yeah, Bruce yeah. Willis. Uh, so, See, now, yeah. now that's a positive spoiler story. Uh, if, if you'll indulge me here, uh, I have a spoiler story. Uh, when the fifth Harry Potter book came out, okay, Order of the Phoenix. I'm so excited to read it. I'm. I'm a couple chapters away from the end, and I, I get on get on the bus and, to go to school, sitting next to my buddy, and he turns me, and he goes, God, I can't believe Sirius died. And I'm thinking, you son of a bitch. I have not gotten to that point yet, okay? So you spoil that for me. The, now, now, the sixth Harry Potter book comes out, okay? Yeah. And... Uh, my sister, who we would torment each other something fierce when we were growing up. Okay, so you know she okay. did this to me, but I, I, I have to admit I also did horrible things to her as well. Um, she grabs the the book from me, flips to the back, and goes, "Huh, Dumbledore dies." <laughs> oh, so no. when the seventh when the seventh book comes out. I'm, I remember we're coming back from a hot air balloon rally in Monroe, Wisconsin. We stop at a Walmart. I buy it there. It was this was like the day it came out. I buy it there. I get I get home. I run right into my bedroom, shut the door, and I don't come out until I finish the book. It was not going That's to be good. spoiled for me. Yeah, good, good job. And then did you come out of your room and say Harry dies? Uh, no, no, because I'm not a, not a jerk. Okay, because that's, that. I, I like that spoiler. Does Harry die? I haven't read any of them or really seen the movies. Yeah, so. yeah Harry, Harry dies. It's a trick, it's a tricky spoiler. Yeah. How do you, you can't kill Harry. What's yeah, you can. Yeah. True. I guess they did. 
I'd love to just keep talking about spoiler stories because I know that this is an episode that is going to run long. And I know both of you don't like long podcasts and I love long <laughs> podcasts. So well, I just want to drag it out as long as possible. Dean, you're lucky because we all know that we will talk for about five minutes about this book and you will jump right to the end and spoil <laughs> everything right. for everybody else. So that's going to happen regardless. Spoiling is my jam. Now, before we really get into it here, I, I want to talk to you guys about why we love this book without getting too deep into it. Like, what do we like about this story? Um, like, this is an epic story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, why did we choose this book? Why are we doing this? Right? I know, like, the, the, the story arcs are great. This book is full of emotion. It's full of excitement. It's a horror genre book. Like, it's very disturbing and scary and frightening but let's just right out of the gate what is it about this book that that does it for us that makes us want to talk about it here today yeah well you and i are usually locked in on things like this the way our mind works but that's exactly what i thought after i finished reading it i i realized it was special and that i really loved it and i was trying to think why what are the things that make me like this more than so many other comic books so i just started jotting down a few things um, so I have a number of things that I think that it does better than other comic books out there and why it hits me. But I think it all comes down to it being, even though it's magical and even though it's like fantastical and it's this, this big epic story, it comes down to a family and it comes down to a group of kids and a mother having to get over, move on with their lives past the death of a father. And... I think the way the story arcs, they aren't prepared at any point in the story to fight what they have to fight until they get to the end because they've done that growth throughout the whole book. So I think that's why I love it so much because I grow with the characters as I read it. I feel like I'm becoming a better person as they are. Alex? No, I I think locking on to, and I don't mean to keep, we keep doing these puns, um, but... (laughs) Keep them coming, man. Keep them coming. uh, the, the damn it the key uh for this yeah, uh, yeah. for this series <laughs> is the characters okay um joe hill makes us fall in love with these guys you know for for better or worse he shows them at their it starts off at their most vul- vulnerable okay uh so we really get to see who they are they're not putting up you know they're they're not putting up guards or, or if they are putting up guards, we know that that's what they're doing. Okay. So it's all, it's all of these really smart character decisions, uh, that, that, that make us latch on to this series. The, now the, the plot of course is, is great, but, uh, I don't, I don't think without, without these kind of, with these fleshed out characters, with these very human characters, it would be, uh, as, as special to us as it is. I, uh, I was talking to, uh, Dean a couple of days ago over uh, over Facebook, and I mentioned I've really gotten back into reading weekly comics lately. Okay, I've jumped in like feet first. I'm reading just about you know everything I can grab at the moment, and uh, and then I had to start and then I reread Lock and Key for this for this episode, and what I realized was this is 
this is so good. This is so like there, there, there is something special about it. And I think it does. I was asking myself the same questions you were, Dean, why is it special? And that's, that's what led me to realizing, you know, it's the characters. And this is also, it's a finite story. Okay. Um, you, mm -hmm. so, so many, so many comics, you know, they go on forever. Superman's been, uh, been around since 1938. Okay. That's, that, that's a lot, that's a lot of material. Uh, for for that character, and it never gets to have like a like a real. He never gets to have like a real conclusion to it. You can never have like a solid uh, beginning to end arc for the character. And 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 Joe Hill, the the writer, gives us that in this. And he has some. He he has a very special talent, which I believe that you know he's. Uh, it's kind of in his blood. He's Stephen King's son uh, and Tabitha King's son, and. Uh, Dean, we've we've talked about uh, Stephen King before on other uh, podcasts yeah. that we've done, and uh, just in reading as many books of his that that I've read, again, it's characters, character, 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 and that's that's why this is special. Definitely, yeah, I I love how there's there's many characters in the book that the book revolves around, and each of them get their time in the book, and. It, it's like they start off with the character, they build the character up, you either love or hate the character, and then on the downslope, getting near the end, they wrap everybody's story up. No, Nobody's story is left without a start, a middle, and a finish. And it just, it, it really feels great to have a book complete like that. Yeah, so. and with the characters, I think we all meet them at an interesting point. No matter who it is in the book, we always come in at a very interesting point so that the wrap-up always pays off big time, mm -hmm. no matter who it is. Yeah, okay, let's get into it then. Okay. So, released in February of 2008, it runs until December of 2013, with 37 issues in total. Now, like we mentioned, it falls into the horror genre, written by Joe Hill, artist on it is Gabriel Rodriguez, colors by Joe Fotos, and lettering by Robbie Robbins. Now, while... Joe Hill is credited with writing the story. He also gives full credit to Gabriel Rodriguez as being a full participant in developing the story. So now growing up, Joe Hill's favorite writers were Neil Gaiman and Alan Moore. So he said he loved these long running series where you had a writer being able to explore a character on a vast canvas, which is, which is cool because he really does that in this book. He said he'd always been a fan of episodic storytelling, and he wanted to experience that for himself, and he wanted to see if he could do something similar to uh, Sandman or Swamp Thing. Cool. He desperately wanted to write an ongoing story where every character had a chance in the spotlight, and Lock and Key was that opportunity for him. Cool. So Hill pitches this idea of Lock and Key to Marvel, and they pass. He pitches it to DC, and they pass. He finally pitches it to IDW Publishing saying that I have an there's a quote I have an idea for a comic book that I can tell in only 6 issues. <laughs> <laughs> so they they pick it up for that for right. that reason, right? They're like okay, sure. 6 issues that sounds good. Yeah. Um now this is another quote from Hill. He says one of the things that I tried to do with the keys in this story was I never wanted to have a key just because it was cool. I always wanted to use it as an opportunity to explore something about character and what the characters are feeling. So that's it's interesting because this book is full of these like magical keys. Yeah. But he had a purpose for them. 
for the sure. purpose for these keys was to drive the narrative forward. So, yeah, I, I heard him say um, in an interview that he never wanted the book to turn into just like key of the week or I guess month, because that's right. when the comics come out. Like, what key is it this month and what does it do? Which it easily could have. Easily could the have. the keys in this book are really fun and really neat. So it'd, it'd be easy just to make, throw something in there that you think would be cool. But uh, to not do that, that's that's exceptional writing. Yeah, I he find, wanted, like you said, everything to have a purpose. Right. I find it interesting that he uh, pitched this to DC and Marvel, because this is not a book that really... Uh, uh, would belong there, except maybe you know DC. They they had their uh, Vertigo line at the time, so you yeah, know, it, it might have worked there. And really, uh, Joe Hill does have his own um, imprint at DC right now, uh, Hill House Comics. So he eventually, eventually, he's got that. But I think at the time, you know, it really wouldn't have made sense. And then if uh, if it would have come out a couple years. After 2008, well, probably around the time where it was wrapping up, uh, it would have it probably would have found a, a good home at Image because at the time that's that's definitely this is very much like an image uh, image title. But I'm I'm glad it went to uh, I, I I am glad it went to IDW because they um, they they did a great job with the series. Yeah, yeah for absolutely. sure. Yeah, it was kind of before that big image boom happened. Yeah. Okay, so. We're going to go through the volumes here. Dean is going to give us a short overview of each volume, and then we'll just dig into um, the volume and what we thought. So yeah, so take it away, Dean. short is a very interesting uh, word to use there. I uh, I was tasked with uh, the plot summaries. We and talked about it being we, short. We, no, we <laughs> talked about it being short, and I said, oh, yeah, 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 no problem. I'll just do a paragraph for each. I can see uh, your I notes. Talk- like So we can see each other. We're, we're Skyping this right now, and I can see yeah. your computer. You have a book. Yeah, I do. You've rewritten um, lock and key for us. He just copy and pasted the whole text of the book <laughs> into his computer. I quickly texted Tim and said, uh, this is going to be more like a page each, not a paragraph each. So I said that was not acceptable. He said that was not acceptable. Oh um, I, I timed them. Each of them are between two and three minutes. So just bear with me. It's to get the plot out of the way so we can just talk about other things. So All right. there's, there's some... Dean. This better be good, Dean. I know. Okay, here we go. I've never read it out loud, so let's see if I can even get through it myself. Book one. Get your sexy reader voice on. Okay, book one. Welcome to Lovecraft. The Locke family are on summer holidays when two unexpected visitors knock on the door. It is Sam Lesser and Al Grubb, two former students of guidance counselor Rendell Locke. The family is soon attacked by the boys who shoot and kill Rendell. Al is killed in the process by Nina Locke, and Sam is beaten to near death by oldest son Tyler while younger siblings Kinsey and Bodie hide on the roof. After the funeral, the Locks move to Rendell's childhood home key house in Lovecraft, escorted by Rendell's younger brother, Duncan Locke. While exploring the manor, Bodie discovers a magic key that allows him to leave his body and become a ghost. Bodie continues to explore the new property and finds the well house, where he hears an echo that speaks to him from the well. He uses the ghost key to descend into the well. At the bottom, he finds a woman, who asks him to come back when he isn't a ghost, claiming she wants to be his friend. Bodhi returns in his body, and the lady tells him of all the different keys there are in Key House, trying to trick Bodhi into finding and giving her the Anywhere Key, a key that can take you through a doorway to anywhere you want. Meanwhile, the lady speaks to Sam through echoes and helps him escape the detention center he's in, killing several people in the process. As Sam arrives at Lovecraft, Bodie is taken hostage by the well lady. Sam beats Kinsey and Tyler unconscious and locks Nina and Duncan in the cellar. 
He drags the siblings to their mother, demanding she give him the anywhere key and the key to the black door. In the well house, the well lady tells Bodhi that Sam will kill his family unless Bodhi brings the anywhere key to her. Using the ghost key, Bodhi realizes that the anywhere key has been on Kinsey's bracelet all along. He delivers the key to the well lady, while Tyler and Kinsey fight off Sam Lesser once more, shooting him twice in the chest. The well lady uses the anywhere key to escape the well house, and uses a gender swapping key to become a young man. He soon finds Sam bleeding and stumbling through the halls. He breaks Sam's neck, throwing him through the ghost door, leaving Sam as a ghost with no body to return to. Two weeks later, Bodhi is fishing in one of the ponds at Key House with Kinsey. Tyler arrives and introduces his new friend, Zach Wells, who is the male version of the well lady. As Tyler, Kinsey, and Zach head to the beach, Bodhi reels in his line to find another key with a head on the end of it. That was way too long. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, roll it back. I'll rewrite. I'll rewrite here. Can you rewrite the next, the next chapter real Sorry, quick? Sorry, yeah, you guys talk. I'll rewrite the next chapter. Okay um good job good job no that, okay so i mean that is a plot summary of uh of, of uh welcome to lovecraft the the first volume of this now uh there exists out there somewhere in a, a podcast episode of of my thoughts on this before and it's i'm fairly certain it's me just gushing for about 45 minutes to an hour for sure uh i think me as well right yeah <laughs> Uh, you know the 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 very first thing that that you notice here is uh, is is Gabriel Rodriguez's uh, art style on this. It is very it it has a really nice cartooning style to it. Definitely that uh, that that I really appreciate because we're going to be seeing a lot of horror elements. Uh, it's very it is it is very dark. I mean even in, even in that first uh, first issue we have the the gruesome killing of. I, I don't believe we see the dad getting killed in the first issue, but but mixing mixing that uh, that cartooning with with the horror, because you could have very easily had like a uh, I don't know, like a Ben Temple Smith or some you know some uh, um, yeah artist that that is known for really dark books, and you know sure it would have been fine, but I think having this juxtaposition between the two really. Uh, highlights the the terror in a in a in a different kind of way. Yeah, I agree, and and I think Gabriel Rodriguez has said that he uh, wanted to make the art even like more horrific as the series goes on, and that's interesting seeing this first volume because, like you said, we even in this first issue we see like an axe go into a kid's head. Yeah, so it's like that already. That is pretty horrific. But yeah, I just want as you get more into the story, he wanted to make sure that he made it a little more gory, uh, just so you would get uh, the feeling of how deep these kids are in it. Oh, and he definitely does. Oh, for sure. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's no no doubt about that. the The art style does does change uh, by the time we get to by the time we get to the end. There's a lot more line work if you look at vol like if you flip through volume one and then flip through vo volume two, it's less. Less cartooning, I guess. You know, I, I think that might be the best way that I can describe it. Right. Um, it uh, definitely looks a little more realistic. All the characters, of course, still still look the same, uh, but there's just just more line work in it. Looks uh, do, does does look different. I love how it starts that you get you, know, you get these these gruesome scenes that are happening, and and their father gets killed, 
and you're just you have these three children and this this now a widow widower who's just like thrown into this most horrible situation right like three well two teenage kids and then one you know toddler who lose their father at that age is it's got to be one of the like worst things that you could experience right so we're just immediately as soon as this book starts we're thrown into that situation with this family and like they're obviously they're broken down from it and suffering you kind of wonder where it's going to go and then they they bring in this they bring in this magic key all of a sudden which kind of it it gives you some excitement and some interest into what's going to be happening here and it adds this level of magic and and it makes things kind of okay for for a time right until um the next horrible thing happens yeah it's quite the kickoff to the comic is just starting with that murder like i remember picking it up and opening it up reading for the first time and seeing that cartoonish art style and thinking right away, like putting me right into that sort of PG type comic or G type comic just because of the art. And immediately you're like, what the fuck is going on? Right. I can't believe this is happening. Right. Like you're, you're, tur- you're turning on a, a, a Pixar movie and then, yeah. you know, and, and, and then Woody shoots Buzz through the face. Yeah. You know? And you're like, what is going on? Okay. This is a lot more mature than I thought. Yeah. So let's talk about this first key that Bodhi finds. Yeah. Did you say how he found it, Dean? Uh, well, he he just, he's playing around and he sees it sort of shining on the top of the ghost door. It just right. catches his eye as he's he's going to grab swords off the wall and he just kind of catches his That's eye. That's right, yeah. He's up on like a step stool with a broom and yeah. he kind of uh, pushes it off. So he's got this key and then, yeah, he, he puts it through. Now, how does he know what door to put it into? It's right above that door. It's right above. It's, oh, it's, right it's above sitting above the door, and he that's where he sees it, and so he just takes it, and he just tries yep. that door. So he opens up the door, and then as soon as he walks through, this green spirit of him comes out. His body is laying lifeless at the door, Yeah, and he's now this this ghost who's traveling around, and he's, um, he's like spying on his family. He's going yeah. and watching them do different things, and- there's some funny stuff with that because there, there's times where Bodhi's going around as this ghost and uh, Kinsey, his sister, is coming to his lifeless body and is trying to like, come on, we got to go do something, you know, but he's, yeah. his, his, there's no life in it. She just thinks he's messing around, like pretending to be dead. Yeah. But he's, there's nothing there. He's yeah. Not she there. even like leaves and then like peeks back and just like, oh man, he's good. Like yeah. he's, yeah, <laughs> he's not moving at all. Yeah. I really like the idea. So this is right, right away. You can see where Joe Hill has decided that he's going to make these keys mean a lot um, with the, the story and with the emotions that these kids have to deal with. So you have a young child who's, I don't know how old Bodhi is, but he's, I, oh, I I'm think he's like, he's I think he's five. I think he's six, actually. And I think he turns seven in one of the volumes, because I remember them saying he's seven now. So I think he's, yeah, five or six. And this kid has his father, who's been shot in the face. And can, how can a six-year-old understand that or deal with it? And this ghost key helps him do that. Because he goes through the door, he becomes a ghost, and he realizes it's not scary to be dead, and it's not scary to be a ghost. So he doesn't have to worry about his father, because he knows what it's like. So he's able to travel around, and he's able to still see his family, and still kind of hang out by them, um, even though they can't see him. So he, you have these like great emotional moments. This is where the book starts to hit me right away, where he's looking for it. He's like, maybe I'll run into dad someday and see him again when I'm a ghost. So he keeps wanting to use the key to run into his father, but also he accepts it. He just says, you know, it's not really that scary anymore. Right. Our bodies are, he, he says, our, our bodies are like a sock. 
you know, when, when, yes. when you're not in it, it's just laying on the floor. There's, you know, there's nothing there, but, but your spirit, you know, your, the, the essence of you is still able to, to move on. So, you know, things may happen to your body, but you're, you're still around. You're still there. Yeah. So Duncan, who is Rendell's brother and Rendell's the father who got killed. Duncan is, is there with the family and he, he makes this comment that, I think it's. I think Bodhi maybe mentions. No, I'm. I'm not Bodhi, sure how. I'm not sure how it comes up. But Bodhi's been drawing a story at school about being a ghost. Okay, so Rendell, or, sorry, Duncan actually says that um, when he was younger, him and Rendell used to play the same type of game where you could go through a door and change into stuff like a ghost or a warrior. So that's an interesting nugget right in the first chapter that, as children, these adults were experiencing the same type of thing that Bodhi is now experiencing. And, this isn't unique um, to them. This has happened before. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, Bodhi also here, he has a nightmare. He has a few nightmares in this book, but I noticed he had a nightmare and we see a door with the number 11 on it. And there's like a hyena scratching on his floor. He sees his dad with a hole in his head, but that door number 11 is definite foreshadowing for what happens later on yeah and i thought it's interesting that already they're dropping these kind of large hints about future occurrences and they do that a lot in this book it's it's really good how kind of sneaky they are with 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 things especially the keys yeah um i find myself with the art i'm always looking at the pages in detail because there's there's usually something or someone off kind of hiding that you're not really going to see unless you really pay attention for it. But if you do, you can kind of pick up certain elements of the story that aren't coming through in the words. It's, it's really, really neat. Yeah, for sure. So like also Sam Lesser, who's in like a, in prison, basically, um, he's able to talk to this lady that's in this well through his sink. Yeah. And he seems to be obsessed with this lady in his sink. And one time they, you know, flip back to him in his cell and he's tattooing himself. And he's tattooing a wolf and he has a door tattoo on his chest. So already you can link this nightmare that Bodhi's having with Sam Lesser with this well lady who they've both talked to. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, just these little, little things. I think you said in your, um, in your little background for the show that Gabriel Rodriguez was, you know, 100% a writer, a co-writer on this comic. And what I noticed right away in this first volume is that I, like I knew Joe Hill before Lock and Key by reading some of his books. And he gets into comics. He lets the art tell the story. I mean, he's 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 writing the story and he's giving you dialogue, but he doesn't just give you a bunch of exposition of what's happening in the scene or why something is. He lets a panel sit there with no words on it that advances the plot. And I, there's a lot of writers out there that I really enjoy. Um, I really enjoy Scott Snyder. Me and Alex uh, don't really agree on this point. Um, I really, really like him. And I cannot see him letting an art panel advance the plot. Right. I think he would have, have to have... He would let the art assist him in his story writing. But I was just really impressed with Joe Hill just knowing that he's writing a comic book. Well, and when you have such a talent like Gabriel Rodriguez, who is his art is so expressive that it can just on its own tell a story. I mean, there's there's an issue later on in the series that I believe is maybe have a couple of words in it, but it's pretty much a silent issue. There's Yeah. 
yeah, there's there, not too many words nothing. in that. Yeah. 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 There's, there's, there's very few words in it. And like you said, it is still Joe Hill writing it, but it's the dialogue and the, uh, and the, you know, maybe the internal monologues that he's, that he's able to, to pull back on and just let the art convey the story. There's something that um, the, the well lady says at the end of this chapter uh, that I think is really important for the whole story, but especially this first book. And that's that we think is it we something started... that goes with balls as she's, <laughs> as she's trying to find, as she's trying to find something to wear. No, nope, that... oh, it's, okay. <laughs> it's not about the balls. It's not that part. Okay. It's when she has Bodie captured and she says, you think you came in at the beginning of the story, but you've actually come in at the end. And I think that's really just pointing at us as the reader and saying, yeah, you, you thought that Sam Lesser was there to kill um, Rendell because he was a troubled youth, but that's not the story. That's why he's still going back to that family because he's there for a different reason. He's there for her reason. She's the one puppeting him. And you don't even know what's going on. And I just love that. I love that I think I know this story until we get to that point and she tells me I don't. Well, Dean, you mentioned earlier how much you like that uh, every time we're introduced to a, a character, it's at a very interesting time. Uh, and 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 there is more that, is ha- that has come before. There's a reason why it's at an interesting, you know, where, where he, uh, where he introduces, the, introduces the character. And I think that that's... Uh, that 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 is what this book is really all about is establishing what we think we know and then telling us we don't know anything for sure yeah yeah you you know you know absolutely nothing yeah i i love <clears throat> i love that feeling well and it drops it does do a good job of dropping some hints about that throughout you know of course there's some, the lady's been in the well for a while so we know something had happened prior with that but then there's also uh, when Duncan mentions uh, having played a game with his brother, where you know we we used to pretend we could you know become ghosts. Okay, there's more to that. You know they you know we'll we'll get that later. But there there are the hints that are dropped that this isn't the beginning. They do a good job in this first volume of, in a way, making making us feel a little bit sympathetic for Sam Lesser as well, right? So he he comes out murdering, but. Later on in the volume, we we get some backstory of him as a child, and he really suffered a real like difficult childhood, right? Where his yeah. father is abusive. Um, his father always hated that Sam was more intelligent than him, and Sam is this very very intelligent child with with a lot of potential. And his 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 home situation impacts that, and then he's bullied at school, so he he ends up like just getting turned into this bad person that he, when he really never deserved it. Right. Yeah. And that's a good point to bring up. Cause I think we're going to get to that later um, where we have certain feelings about Sam um, where we didn't have them before and we never thought we would. So uh, yeah, it's a good point to bring up uh, just to sort of transition us into the next book. I love this change to um, the well lady changing into a male and then Tyler bringing this kid Zach home and saying, Hey, here's my new friend. I love as the reader knowing more than the characters. Cause then you have this tension. Every time you see Zach, you're going to scream at the book. You're going to be yelling. It's him. He's right there. Get him. 
Right. So, so for the listeners, this well lady turns into this boy Zach, you said, who becomes yeah. a friend of Tyler. Yeah. Now this this boy Zach, you also learn from the volume, was a friend of his father, Rendell. Well, because we're next gi- volume. No, no. This volume, we're given a picture. There's oh, a true. picture That's of, true. Yes. of Rendell in high school with his friends and this Zach kid. It looks exactly like him. So, um, That's true. Yeah. Just so I, I thought I'd throw that out there you know we, we we're talking about it and we know all the content so we're saying some things but for people who maybe haven't read this before we need to fill in a few holes for them right now i do love the first uh meetup with with zach and bodhi uh because yes. Bo- bodhi had knew the knew the well lady intimately okay um yeah and so she's now morphed into into zach and or really kind of back into a, a man because it was originally a man and then became a woman now a man again and it's uh, confusing alex right and uh uh i, I love how tyler uh is Bodie's older brother tells him you know hey Bodie, uh don't you want to say hello to zach and he just gives him this sort of disgusted look and it's just one word hello you know like there's not From like there's a very, something wrong with you from a very nice child right yeah like, at this point, we are so on board with Bodie, like, he's our best friend, we love this kid. So to him be, just give that little hello, it gives us as a reader just, like, a little boost where we're like, yes, okay, somebody, at least somebody's on to him. Uh, so and anything else anyone has on book one, or should we carry on? Well, there, there's one thing. I think we okay. should try to follow the progression of the keys through these volumes. For sure. Who has what keys and when. It's very important, yeah. It is important, so... Correct me if I'm wrong here, but this one ends with Zach, or the character's name is also Dodge. Yeah. Right? Do- I'm going to call call him her Dodge. Dodge. Dodge has the Wellhouse key. Yes. Is that right? And the Anywhere key. And the gender key. And the gender key. Yeah. So, so Dodge can change gender. The Anywhere key allows him to... He can put it in any door and go to any location that he can visualize. Yeah. So if he's been there before and he can visualize it, he can just make a door and go there. So it's like a like a a warping a warping key, right? And then the wellhouse key, we don't at this point really know much about what that does. Yeah. So so should we also do a uh, a Dean recap key because I've got some of these keys. So I've got some of these physical keys. You you have a physical set of the keys. I have keys. a physical, physical set of the keys. So maybe we should have a recap that. of keys that we know that I have. Uh, are they different than the book? No, like at this point in the book, the keys that we know, which ones do I have? Oh, okay. oh, yeah. okay. Because you have some of the keys. I've you got some of the keys. the keys. Yeah, I got okay, some sure, of the keys. Sure. So I also have the Wellhouse key. Okay. I also have the Anywhere key. Okay, I'm getting frightened. And I have the Ghost key. So you have a lot of power. Yeah, I've, I, I am. I'm. Maybe more powerful right now than anybody. Than anybody than Dodge. I think the ghost key might be more powerful than the gender key. Okay, and Bodhi has the ghost key at this point. Yes. And so that's what we know about. We know about four keys, and then he pulls one up out of the water. We don't know anything about it. Right at the end. Is right right, right at, at the end. So yeah. Okay. We won't include that one. Okay. All right. Then um, uh, go ahead. And then actually, right before that, do we want to give sort of like a because we talked about how important the characters are in this. Do we want to kind of give like a where the characters are at at the end of this point here? Because because Tyler, what's so interesting with his story is that 
he's dealing with all of this guilt because he feels as though it's his fault that his father was uh, was murdered because he had had a yes. he had had a conversation with uh, with Sam uh, where. Sam mentioned wanting to kill his dad, and he goes, "Well, if you're if you're killing your dad, might as well stop by and kill mine as well." Okay. Yeah. Now, of course, he doesn't mean that. Okay, that wasn't meant to be taken literally, uh, but Sam Sam did it. Sam Sam. He said it to dad. the wrong guy, right? He said it to a guy who has these thoughts already, right? And maybe, hey, maybe if I do this, I can. This guy can be my friend or yeah. something, right? Like maybe this is a yeah. way to bond with him. He wants his father dead. I want my father dead. This is kind of great. So yeah, the weird know. part about this is that he actually thinks he's doing Tyler a favor. Right. He does. Yeah. He he showed up to that house to get the keys for the well lady, but he killed the father for Tyler. Is yeah. what he says. Yeah. Uh, then uh, Kinsey, she is she's so worried about how other people uh, will will interpret her. You know, will will see her. Um, yeah. So she has like her own sort of kind of punkish style at the beginning, and she tries to completely just like bleach herself, like just become this sterile uh, on the outside, um, sterile nothingness, so people don't pay any attention to her. Yeah, she doesn't want to draw attention. Right. And then Bodie, what I love is is he's so young, he doesn't he understands that his dad is dead, but he doesn't really know what that means. And and that's why the, the moment of him finding the ghost key is so important. Okay. Cause it, cause it helps him, helps this little kid understand what death is. Um, so he's just kind of, he's, he's along for the ride. And so much of how he feels is contingent on how, uh, how the rest of his family feels. Like when, when he sees his sister or his brother upset, it makes him upset, which is, which would be true for, for any little kid. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because he loves the house because he's found this key, right? And so and now he's like kind of pulled another one out of the pond. So he's like got this mission. This mission is now oh, this house is magical, and I'm going to just explore it and find more things. So he loves living here. Everyone else is not so sure about it. Well, cool. Bodhi is very innocent throughout the whole book. He is, he, and that, that's why um, you know Tyler may have the most interesting arc. I think out of all the characters, you see you see so much uh, progression. It really it really follows him. I think the most. Uh, yeah, I think Tyler kids. is the main the main character right. in this book. But Tyler sure. and Dodge for me are the main characters. But I feel like when you ask someone when after they finish the story, so who who is your favorite character? Because uh, I have asked this of a lot of people, and people love Bodie. You know, because he yeah. is so innocent, and you just you, you kind of you fall in love with him. Mm-hmm. He's he's like this the, this sort of uh, almost like glimmer of hope through the whole thing because he's not so marred by uh, by all the terrible things that have happened. Yeah, you you really need that type of character in this book yeah. just to 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 bring some I don't know like positivity. I guess yeah, right. we just, need something. We need we Give need us that something. Yeah, we need something just to let us know it's not so dire oh, as, yeah. as all these other characters are, are feeling and experiencing. Because Tyler and Kinsey have to be the heroes at the end. And they have to go through that growth. So there's going to be times where we feel very bad for them and we feel like we want them just to pick themselves up. So it's nice that we have Bodhi kind of the entire time who's every time he's on the page, we're like, oh, thank goodness. Like, right. It's Other- a little more lighthearted now. We're going to be okay. Other- otherwise, this this book should come with like razor blades because it is yeah. so, <laughs> it's so depressing. It yeah. is, yeah. 
All right, Dean, uh, give us <clears throat> volume two. Okay, uh, book two head games. Everyone can go for their bathroom break now. See you in two and a half minutes. <laughs> it feels like longer than that. I'm sorry, Tim. I knew you'd be so <laughs> upset at this, but I just couldn't cut it down anymore. Okay, here we go. Here we go. A few weeks after the death of Sam Lesser, Professor Joe Ridgway is walking through the halls of Lovecraft Academy when he sees Zach Wells walking with Tyler Locke. Joe hesitates, recognizing Zach's appearance as being identical to Lucas Caravaggio, a boy who died in 1988. He also remembers an incredible performance Lucas and his friends put on of The Tempest. Zach, aka Lucas, aka Dodge, informs Ellie Whedon, a teacher who he now lives with, that Joe recognized him. He uses the Anywhere key to enter Joe's house and shoot Joe in the chest. Duncan Locke prepares to return to Provincetown, where he lives. When he says his goodbyes to Tyler, he is introduced to Zack and hesitates, wondering how he recognizes him. Bodhi gathers Tyler and Kinsey together after much searching and eventual discovery of where the head key goes. To Kinsey and Tyler's horror, Bodhi sticks the key into his own neck to open his head. Tyler and Kinsey look inside Bodhi's head to see colorful interpretations of memories. They realize they can put things in to instantly gain information. They also learn they can remove memories by pulling them out, but the physical forms of the memories are not always reliable or accurate. In Provincetown, Duncan remembers a time in his childhood when he was hanging out with his older brother Rendell and Lucas Caravaggio, who looks exactly like Zach Wells. Back at Keyhouse, Kinsey has Tyler use the head key on her and instructs him to remove her fear and her ability to cry. He does so, removing two small monsters from her head and placing them in a glass bottle. When Tyler falls asleep that night, Zach takes the head key from Kinsey's room and uses the Anywhere key to enter Duncan's home. He removes Duncan's memories of Lucas and soon discovers Duncan's boyfriend, Brian. Zach threatens Brian at gunpoint, causing Brian to run outside where he is hit by a car. At this point in the story, we learn more about how Zach has been able to control Ellie and how he became an echo in the wellhouse. Zack removes Ellie's memories of Lucas, and then moves on to Rufus, Ellie's son. However, no keyhole appears in his neck. Dismissing Rufus as being insignificant, Zack leaves, though Rufus was well aware of the situation. Zack returns to the head key to Kinsey's room. She wakes up and confesses her attraction to him, and they share a kiss. We made it. There we go. That was good. Thank you. Um... The first issue of that volume is just a really sweet kind of out of the place story that I just wanted to comment on because they they didn't really need to do this. They didn't need to do this book, this yeah. story, but I, I really enjoyed it. It was like really, I mean, it's, it's sad, but at the same time, it's, it's really kind of like peaceful and beautiful. Yeah. It, it's, it's the part where the teacher you mentioned, like notices Zach and calls him Luke, and Zach looks back because he was known as Luke in the past. And this teacher is like, that he's a spitting image. I'm gonna actually going to call him by this name. So the, the teacher realizes something's going on here. Zach can't have this happening. And basically, in that book, ends up killing him. Yeah. But that's, that's like Zach's side of that story. The, the teacher's side of this story, it starts off with him as a younger... Uh, like teenager and he's like writing some poetry or something in his book uh, in in like a meadow by a stream and his girlfriend you know gets naked and goes swimming and um they're having this real beautiful moment and he can't he he's trying to like 
I think he's trying to go in the water and find her or something yeah. like that. And he's very depressed. Um, I guess we flash back to him like as the teacher and he's very depressed because she had just recently passed away. And he's he's saying like, why? What, like we had plans. Like, why did you have to go? We had all these plans. And then by the end of it, he ends up getting killed in his bathtub and kind of falls under the water. And then we get these panels of him under the water searching for his girlfriend back when he was younger and he finally finds her yeah. right and he he kind of like for me he he finds her at that time in life and now finds her in death for sure. and he's reunited with her at that yeah. moment and it's this a, a bit of a side story for me that seemed like a bit of a one-off in this whole series but i thought it was really nice it was like yeah. this really really beautiful part of, of this story that i kind of um attached to so yeah and the writing of that story makes you feel like that because as he's diving in the water and searching for her he's saying where are you where are you yeah and then right when he gets shot they flash back to that last picture where he finds her he in the water her, and he yeah. says there you are yeah which exactly is your point he now that he has died he is going to be with her mm -hmm. and he has found her yeah, I think I think this book specifically, while the first book is a family dealing with a death, this book is like teenagers figuring out sort of love and sex. And it kind of starts with that. It starts with a relationship, a very nice relationship. Um, even though we get that Zach story in the middle, we, we start with that relationship. And I think it sets us up for the book in the right mind state of like, we're talking about relationships in this one. And I love that it gives us such sort of like a, a beautiful relationship in this first one. And then after that delves into like manipulation, like when when uh, with with Zach and what he what he does to both Kinsey and uh, and Ellie. Yeah, that's a good point, because we haven't really like we know that he's living with Ellie, but we haven't really seen to this point um, sort of the the physical abuse he is dealing out to her right um, but then we see it right at the beginning that horrible situation that she is now in and can't seem to fight yeah so i think at this point we need to touch on the head key and what the head key does yes for so sure <laughs> the head the head key is what bodhi pulls out of the water at the end of the first volume and he's looking for a door or a keyhole to put this in. And it's really great. He's looking all over the house, trying to figure out where it goes and he can't figure it out. And this is one of those kind of hidden secrets that I was talking about before, where if you're, if you're looking for it uh, before he finds out where this goes, there's this full page spread with a lot of different detail, a lot of things to look at, but the smallest little thing that you can see on the back of Bodhi's neck is a keyhole in the back of his own neck. Mm, and yeah. then he, he later figures it out when Duncan is walking away and he sees the keyhole in the back of Duncan's neck. Yeah. So then he realizes what it does. And yeah, he puts it in the back of his head and opens his head up. And Zach, Dodge, whoever, what, what do we... It's hard. Dodge, Dodge is fine now. Dodge? Yeah. Okay, we're going to call... I kind of, I kind of Zach, say Zach Luke, when Dodge, he's we'll with Dodge. the kids. Yeah. Right. And then I say Dodge when he's doing his own thing. Yeah, let's just maybe stick with Dodge so it doesn't yeah, get as sure. confusing. But Dodge is like our main villain in this book. He, when he gets a hold of this key, he, like Alex said, he's using it in a very manipulative way. He's taking memories out of people's head that he needs out. So anybody who, who remembers him, he's taking that memory out. So this yeah. person no longer knows who Dodge is. And then with Ellie, who he's living with, who he has a backstory with that we get to later down the line, he's he's taking all sorts of stuff out because he, he, he can't have her remembering anything. So yeah. he, he's using that um, 
in a manipulative way. Um, other characters are using it in different ways. Yeah. Right? Tyler's using it to get information for school so he can finish his homework. Yeah. Kinsey uses it to take – she takes out her tears and fears. Yeah. Right? So it totally. takes two memories out. One, yeah. she feels like she's crying too much. So she takes her, her the crying part of her out. And then her fear, she's, she feels like she's crying because she's always afraid, takes those out. And when you take these things out, they're like miniature physical representations of that. Yeah. Right? So her tears, it's a little – like maybe four inch character of her crying. It's like a faucet. Yeah. It's got like a tap on like a tap <laughs> yeah. on its back that you can turn that. on and off. Yeah. That. It's always crying though, that yeah. little one. And then the fear is like this creepy looking creature. Very scary. Yeah. Right? I and, love the uh, newspaper around it and like the headlines. Uh what, yes, the headlines what, what, always know, what it'll say through it. You know, like what uh there, there's a great moment later on, uh just uh just a, a, the headlines like constantly changing in it, and it's so funny. Yeah. It's great. But, um, you know, we mentioned uh, with the first volume that Kinsey tries to um, get people to not pay attention. She, she, she wants to be almost sterile on the outside. And this this book is her making herself sterile on the inside. Oh, yeah. True. Yeah. This is this is taking away all emotion. She doesn't she doesn't want to feel anything anymore. She wants she she wants to be nothing. Yeah. And it. It's sort of interesting that, like Tim says, the Dodge is using it one way and the kids are using it in another way. And I think in this moment, we realize that that is the way everyone's looking at things right now. Dodge is using these keys as weapons and the kids are using these keys to experiment with and to have fun with. Right. Well, um, the, that moment when uh, Bodie shows off the, the head key to his brother and sister is great. Uh, it's one of the it's one of the best moments if not the best moment in the book yeah, when, yeah i was so captivated at, at that time right when they're peering into his head and then all of a sudden Bodie's like looking into his own head with them and they realize that he's in the middle their freak out moment was terrific now with with this head key whenever they show us what's in someone's head and we get to see a handful of characters what's going on in their head i find it so interesting because it's just this full page spread of all these different memories and experiences. Like with Bodhi, I'm looking at it right now. There's a, a giant T-Rex. There's a superhero version of Bodhi flying. There's balloons. There's um, a bracelet with the Anywhere key. There's another large key. There's um, he's riding on the, the shoulders of his dad. His mother yeah. is in a picture frame. There's giant Lego blocks. There's um, a palace, there's a rainbow, there's crayons, there's a weird like blue creature with four legs. It looks like kind of cutesy. Uh, he's driving a dump truck. There's, looks like he's he's walking uh, for Halloween with his brother and sister. There's candy, there's weird snake creatures. Um, there's Sam Lesser and the other punk, but they're kind of all like cartoony, scratchy, like maybe he would drive them, or sorry, that he would draw them. Uh, there's a giant lollipop, there's a giant robot, there's all, like the Golden Gate Bridge is in here, there's all these things, right, that represent his memories, but it's very different from character to character when you get to see inside of the other people's heads and kind of – it's almost like a, a picture into where they're at uh, in this book, like uh, yeah. emotionally and mentally. For sure. Now, I do want to mention the, the blocks real quick um, on, on the side. He has them stacked in, 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 a, in a perfect order here. That's his phone number. Like that's how he's memorized – Oh, uh, okay, mem yeah. Memorized his phone number. 
And yeah. I, 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 lo- I love, I love those little details Neat. in it. Um, and how, how a little kid, like, you know, you mentioned how, uh, Sam and the other guy, uh, the, the murderers look, look a little different than, than the other, other characters in this. And that's, that was sort of like his almost like coping mechanism with it to make right. them look sketchy and, um, very car- very, very cartoonish, almost like doodles. Uh, it, it makes it a little less real. Yeah. This is going to be a difficult thing for them to pull off in the show representing what's inside someone's head. I'm yeah. curious to see how they do that, but I think it's this would be true. a little bit hard. Yeah, because you can you have these insane panels. Like these panels are amazing. It of really, what he draws them inside really every, to, everyone's head. Yeah. yeah. It's gonna be tough to put that on screen. Um I think the head key is uh I think it's the best sort of key invention in the whole book. Uh so yeah, it'd be nice to see it. Which I think we will see it in the show because I think I've seen a promo of oh, the back of right. Odie's head. One of the, the first, the first poster was yeah. the okay. head key so going I, into someone's head. I think neck. we're definitely going to see. I mean, it's so important we have to yeah. see it. Um, but yeah, I just think with this idea that you can take things out and put things in, it just opens up such a such a door for this story. I think the I'm really on board in the first volume, but once I get to this head key, I kind of see the magic of the book. I kind of see that right. it's like, oh, it we're in now. I'm hitting the ground running. Like, there's no way I'm ever leaving this book. True. Yeah. No, good call. Um, anything else for that volume, guys? No, I th- I think this is mainly just uh, whereas the the first volume was uh focused on kind of all the characters, but maybe a little little more on Tyler. This one is focused uh more on Kinsey. Which is uh, yeah. Which is nice to see her story, uh, to see her story here a little bit more, and uh, and also this the, the head games always to me is is Kinsey and Dodge's story. Yeah, like the which get, is giving us the head games him. going on between them too. Exactly, exactly, yeah, and then it's... and then them coming together at the end, I think is is perfect. Yeah, um, I just wanted to mention before we move on that. Uh, Nina, the mom, walks by while Bodhi's head is open and sees his head open and just says, sort of, yeah. oh, stop, stop doing that, Bodhi, put your head back on. Like, adults can't really see the magic or understand it. I guess she's seeing it, but she doesn't really understand what's happening. Yeah, um, that, that's something they tell us about yeah. this. the keys is that the keys are for the kids. And it's like um, a fail safe of these keys because they don't they don't want these keys to go to adults because then they're going to fall into the hands of people who are going to use them as weapons. Yeah. Right. It's supposed to be this fun thing for children to be playing with. So um, the magic, it's like, as soon as you turn 18 or something, the mad, you can't really see the magic anymore. Now they, they talk about, they talk about how um, as an adult, you still can kind of in ways see it or recall it. And they talk about you when you're drunk, being able to, have recollections of some of the memories that you had. But if you're in an, if you're sort of in an altered mind state as an adult, you're more uh, susceptible to um, remembering this type of stuff. Yeah, this is, that's what I wanted to hit on that. Um, that it's sort of mentioned that if you're drunk, you kind of remember a bit more. Um, when Dodge opens up Duncan's head, he says, Oh, there's a lot more color in here than there usually is for an adult. So it's like your memories become just black and white. Uh, and Duncan is an artist. And while he's painting is when he remembers these things. So I think it's sort of he's just accessing a different part of his brain. Yeah. And it's sort of opening that up to let him remember the magic, which I think is 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 neat. Um, once we get to 
also Rufus, who the key doesn't work on him, and he is a child with special needs, and maybe his brain works in a different way than everyone else's, mm-hmm. and he doesn't even have a hole on the back of his head, so right. his his brain isn't going to work how this key is set up to work. Right. Um, so I think just between him and Duncan, and then Nina sort of kind of seeing when she's drunk, she kind of sees the open head, but doesn't really get it. Yeah. Um, I think that's the, so, some key moments. And then uh, and then one more thing here, too, is uh, this is also when we are introduced to uh, Scott and um, oh, Jamal. Shoot, Jamal, thank you. And I remember, you know, as, as I was reading back through this, and this might be some spoilers for what happens later. I'm pulling a Dean here. Uh, nice. Well I, done. Th- this can't character, yell at him. This character shows up. I, go, I can't oh, yell at yes. I can't yell at I love this character. I love him. And then I remember, oh, shit. Horrible things happen to these people. Yeah. Like, yeah. like you just remember. Moment. Yeah, you just yeah. you just remember it and you go, no. No, because yeah. you, you know how, how closely you, you get attached to these like, characters. Stop yeah, making me love him. Stop. I know, I know. I know. We'll touch on that, though. We'll touch on that. That's the final volume. So yeah. I was just flipping through the final volume again, and like it makes me sick to think about. I hate it. It's inc- an incredible, incredible volume. Um, I, I actually wanted to throw one one more thing in quick. At the end of this volume, it's it's when the volume is over, but we get some supplemental material. They start showing us these um, uh, diary or journal excerpts from Benjamin Locke from the 1700s, and they're all about the keys. So kind of whatever keys we've seen up to this point, there's the key and like a, a one paragraph about this guy, Benjamin Locke, explaining how he came about figuring out what this key did and... Um, it's kind of written like how someone from, you know, 300 years ago might write. Um, and it's really interesting. You, you, you just get, cause you kind of, we, we kind of, I guess when the, when the whole book is all done, like all the, all the volumes are done, you understand the keys, but as we're going, they're doing things with the keys, but we don't actually understand like how they're doing it or, or how the, any of this is possible. And we get these little journal excerpts that just give you a little bit of information about the keys to keep you even that more interested in them. So yeah, you get a little further understanding even of like what's going on because someone else in a different situation experienced it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's get recap the keys to Dean's recap the keys. Oh yeah. Yeah. We got to recap the keys. keys? Yeah. Yeah. Um, does anybody know though? <laughs> I have the head key. <laughs> Dean, any... Dean has the head key. I think if I think we probably should have written down. Yeah, I, who I has what now? There. I think yeah. I, I okay. So I, I don't I, think we could actually because I don't actually. I don't know think who's got everything. Yeah, now. so I don't think Dodge has any new key. Um, Tyler and Kinsey have taken the head key from Bodie. Okay. He does not have the head key anymore. They have it. Right. They, they keep it. Kinsey keeps it. Okay. On her on her desk. Okay. Um, but uh, he still has the ghost key, I believe. Yeah. All right. Do you want to do your breakdown? Yes. Sorry, everyone, that you have to listen to this. If you That's like, okay. if you like the plot summaries, please leave a comment because I'm feeling attacked by both these gentlemen right now. It's it's you're being attacked out of love. Oh, okay. That's nice. I guess. I guess. <laughs> Seems a little fucked up. <laughs> okay. Well, settle down, Dean. Sorry. Calm down wow. a little bit. Sorry. Wow. Just, wow. This is really touchy. I'm hot. Okay. You know, what? apparently near and dear to your heart. How it long took did me, you spend on it these? It took me all day to write these plot summaries. I was doing it for six hours. Oh, I see. I see. I, listen, I like them. 
I like them too. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I wish they were longer, actually. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, you know They're what? Not I, long enough. I cut a lot out, so I could just put that back in. <laughs> we could just just give the recap, and we'll we'll call it a day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Book three, Crown of Shadows. Dodge uses the ghost key to speak with Sam Lesser, who has remained on the ground since he was separated from his body. As a ghost, Dodge has a black creature covered in eyeballs attached to his back. When Dodge asks Sam if he has found the Omega Key, Sam tells him to find it himself, and the two fight. Nina hears the noise and arrives to investigate just as Dodge escapes using the Anywhere Key. Dodge quickly realizes that in his haste, he left behind the Echo Key, which Nina now takes. At Lovecraft Academy, Kinsey is approached by Scott Cavanaugh, who offers to escort her to the Drowning Caves, where he claims her father's name is written on the wall. Kinsey, without her fear, agrees, and sets out with Scott, Jackie, and Jamal. The water in the cave is higher than expected. Kinsey and Zack jump in and eventually find her father's name. The part of the catwalk that Jackie and Jamal are on collapses. Kinsey and Jamal boost Scott and Jackie up onto the catwalk support bars to get them out of the water. Not expecting to survive, Kinsey and Jamal share a kiss before Kinsey realizes they should pull the remaining catwalk down to use the ladder to climb up. Scott tosses his glow stick into the water where it falls past a list of names before landing next to a corpse in a black dress and a door and omega symbol. In the key house, Tyler and Bodhi discover the giant key, as Detective Daniel Matuku arrives to speak with Nina at her request. He assures her that Brian's attack was unrelated to the attack on the locks. She presented him with the echo key, referencing how Sam was fixated on finding a couple of old keys. Dodge, having entered key house, finds the shadow key and uses it in the shadow crown, all the shadows of Keyhouse come to life under his command and attack Tyler, Kinsey, and Bodhi. As the kids struggle to fight the shadows, Tyler uses the giant key to gain the upper hand. After a victory over the shadows, Tyler tells Kinsey and Bodhi that this is their home and they aren't going to run. Thank you, Dean. That oh. was wonderful. Now, part two. Um, oh, no. <coughs> part two. <laughs> now, part two of book three. <laughs> No, no, that's perfect. So this this one always, uh, volume three, I think is where the the big turn happens. Yeah, there's been a lot of dark elements that uh, that we've seen already in the first two, but this is where things really um, really get dark. The Crown of Shadows, I guess, makes sense for uh, for, for for the title in that way. Uh, this is where it starts to feel more adult. They're put into um, uh, more life-threatening situations. Some of them might feel as though um, they're a little campier, like when uh, later when they use the the giant key. If you if you take a step back, you realize how dangerous all of that actually is, uh, and they're just kind of going with it. It does have kind of the superhero feel to it, but it is still very dangerous. What's going on? So yeah, this is this is the one where it always. Uh, feels to me to where things start to become adult things start to become real yeah definitely and i think that dark aspect is a good way to put it because i think in this volume you kind of realize halfway through that like zach is winning dodge is winning like these kids are kind of falling behind because they're kids and they have to live their lives while dodge has a very specific goal of what he's trying to do so as soon as he finds that shadow key and you see how powerful those shadows are, you're like, oh, well, like these kids are getting their asses kicked. He is winning. I get really excited um, whenever they find a new key. 
For sure. Doesn't matter who it is. I'm just, I get giddy. I'm like, what does this one do? Yeah, I can't for wait sure. to see it. So that was an important one that he found. The shadow key for the shadow crown. He is in control of all the shadows in the house. They just do what he wants them to do. And these shadows are so cool. I don't know if the whoever's wearing the crown determines what these shadows are going to look like and be. I think that's the case. But these shadows are all just these scary, scary figures, right? Yeah. I think another important thing in this volume to touch on is when Dodge and Sam encounter each other as ghosts. For sure. So Dodge uses the ghost key and... I can't remember if it was on purpose to go and talk to Sam. I think it was. It right? was, yes. And Sam, he's looking for Sam's help, and Sam is just like, like, "Why would I help you? I don't, I don't care." And I think Sam says that he wants, he'll help. Oh yeah, he wants to find that key, right? The Omega key. So yeah. he'll help, but he wants Dodge's body. Yeah. Right. He wants to. Um, did you say this in your summary? No, but no. he wants Kinsey to. He wants to. Like he wants him. to kiss Kinsey yeah. and see what that feels like. So they actually have a like a ghost fight, yeah. the two of them, which is really cool. Like they're um, creating weapons out of their spirit and hitting each other with it, and um, it looks yeah, amazing. It like does another look amazing. another great moment for me in these books that I like when I think about the books. I remember that fight, and I remember that first moment that Dodge is a ghost, and there's that creature on the ghost's back. Yeah. And you're like, what is this? Like, what the fuck is this? And they yeah. don't really talk about it. But no. Sam kind of says, I see that thing. Yeah. And I see what it's doing to you. Yeah. And um, Dodge is, is a blue ghost and Sam is a green ghost. And as they're fighting, they get to the point where they both realize Dodge's body is just on the other side of the door. Yes. Very and they cool. both race to get in there first. And they both get in at the same time. And then Dodge comes back. And I guess as a person and is trying to kill himself, yeah, like, like Sam is himself, in there yeah. trying to choke himself and Dodge is there trying to stop it. And uh, Dodge is able to get, I think, just the tip of his finger outside mm-hmm. of the door and right. both the spirits kind of eject back again. And then he's able to get yeah. back in first. A really cool part. Yeah. And that's where he spills all his keys yeah. and loses that well key. That's right. And he's very upset about that. Mm-hmm. So we know that that must be an important key. Well... The whole this whole this whole book, Dodge is looking for two keys. He wants the well key and he wants the omega key. Those are the two that he's asking for. So he needs those two to apparently do whatever it is that he wants to do. These other ones are helping him in his journey to get these two keys that he really needs. Yeah. So of course, losing the the well key that he's had um, would obviously be a the yeah. worst thing. He'd probably rather give up all the other keys and keep that one than to just lose that one. Yeah. And the shadow key seems like it's very important to his plan because we see how powerful it is. Yeah, like it's, this is it's one of the most powerful, powerful keys. Definitely. And one that you want to keep safe. It's like whoever has control of this has the upper hand. Yeah, it's a big, yeah, it's a very important, powerful yeah. key. Yeah, definitely. And it has its weakness because they are shadows attacking you. So light. Yeah. Light can get rid, if it's like an extremely bright room, you can get rid of the shadows. Yeah, well, that was that was a cool part when Tyler found the giant key, which was really neat. They, uh, him and Bodhi were just kind of messing around, and they found it underneath a, a carpet in a room. They right. like, moved a carpet out of the way, and then there's this giant wooden key built into the floor. And they're looking around like, I don't think there's a door big enough to put this into in this house. And they kind of look over, and there's a window, and the window is shaped like this key. So, but when they when he eventually uses that key. 
there is so many great panels of him fighting as a giant. Yeah. And almost, this is the one we were talking about, almost has no words at all. Yeah. Like it is, the entire issue is this fight where every page is a full page splash of them fighting mm-hmm. in the water, giant against shadow. Exactly. And, and I think, you know, going back to craft to um, how, how well these guys have, have produced the book, this mainly silent issue I think comes at at a perfect time because there's some really dialogue heavy issues prior to this one. You know, if if you flip back through, there's a lot of words, okay? So this this really, you know, we've we've had this like tight story, these intimate moments, and now we're really going to like blow things up. We're we're going to take a step back. We're going to we're not going to have any borders around any of this. These are going to be full page um full page spreads of just pure action and you can see like the weight behind all of all of this all of Gabriel Rodriguez's art Tyler makes a punch and you get you feel it you know this yeah. uh, the the earth the earth is literally moving in this you know it's kicking up kicking up dirt and uh they're splashing through uh through the sea and it and it makes it you know you 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 feel all of this it has weight to it and i i, I like that a lot yeah, they they definitely knew that the beginning of this volume was going to be a lot diving into Kinsey and how it affects her that she is missing her tears and is missing her fears and and the recklessness and the trouble that'll get her in. And they knew that they had a lot of time to spend with that and that they need to make this an action book as well. So we get that whole... Just that whole issue that is just action. I think that's really neat. Yeah. And then what's what's cool about the end of that one uh, is he... Tyler's still in his blown-up version, and uh, Kinsey and Bodhi uh, come up to him, and he, he holds him up in, in his hand... And says, you know, let you know, take a look at this. This is our home. And he shows them, you know, there's this great full page again where it's showing them uh, Key House and like the 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 tip of the island that 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 they're on there. And yeah. what what's interesting is Kinsey's looking out. She's looking out at everything, and she's because her and Bodie both say, "Wow." She's looking out on sort of the landscape of it all. But Bodhi's doing something different. Bodhi's not paying attention to the landscape. Hmm. He's looking at the at the crown, and he's, Interesting. He's, he's saying "Wow" to the crown, huh. like hmm. what 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 this thing can do. So I I I thought that was that was interesting. Well, yeah, and and again, this is as these kids are going through their journey of growing, they have moments where they're rejecting the keys and they don't want to find more keys. Where Bodhi is always, like, as a kid, he's just, like, that's all he can think about. That's all he wants to do. Right. And it does mention that the house picks someone. Usually a young kid, uh, like we learned later, Duncan was the one who found, who who was finding the keys when they they were there. It's almost like they're calling to him. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's the youngest one. It's the most innocent one. Because what sort of damage, what sort of, because these are very powerful keys you know you, you can do horrible things like we just saw uh with uh with dodge and the and and the the shadow crown you can do terrible things but Bodhi, he's innocent he's not going to do anything with it let him let him have the keys 
that, that you know, mm-hmm. I, I think that's why the house is speaking to him. Well, there's, there's one more thing in this volume that I think we should touch on. And that's when they find the mending key. Yes. This is the last oh, chapter. I, I missed it in my summary. This is, this, this issue was hard to read just, just for Nina. This poor and, and it's interesting that they end with this one because we kind of finally got a win with Tyler right. being the shadow. So you're yeah. like, yes, the kids finally get a win. And then they pu- punch you in the gut with this last one. They kind of do in a way. Yeah. So she, um, the, I guess they find her and Tyler, no, her and Bodhi find this key in, in the bathroom, I believe. And it's for this little cabinet on the floor. And yeah. Um, Nina, Nina's a drunk in this, in this book. I don't know if we've talked about that, but she's coping with what's happening by getting just shit faced all the time. So she, she's always got a bottle of wine in her hand. Now she, um, was, was, she broke some dishes. No, no. She started off breaking her cane. Well, yeah. Bodhi broke her cane and a stool trying to find this key. Yeah. So she, she just opens, uh, gets this key opens up this cabinet and just puts her cane in there as like a place to leave it until she's going to take the garbage out yeah and she goes away and then comes back later to collect it when she is taking the garbage out and the cane is no longer broken it's whole so she goes and she's got some broken dishes in a box that she was going to throw out she puts the broke the broken dishes into this cabinet closes it opens it and all the dishes are put back together yeah so that seems really cool. But then what I think you guys are alluding to is when she sees her husband Rendell's ashes and takes those ashes and puts the ashes in the mending cabinet and is hoping that it will bring him back. Yeah. And, and it doesn't. And she's ready for him to come back. She gets kind of all yeah. dressed up for him to come back. And then she's so drunk that she confuses Tyler right. with him. And that creates a big fight. Right. Yeah. And not to, you know, not, not to be pedantic or anything but the the cane is actually that's originally broken back in the first ish back in the first volume when she's trying to bust okay. the door down to get at sam to protect her kids so oh yeah okay, so her true. fixing the cane um i i think it's her 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 almost feeling like she's got some power back you know, she can, well, there's some sure. sort of control because she lost, I mean, it, this starts with her having no control at all, that those two guys took all control away from her. Like she couldn't do anything at all. And this is, this is the first moment where she feels, you know, she, she has some power back to her. Well, and you get, you get that moment because after she realizes what the cabinet can do, she just starts juggling those plates and yep. breaking them and smashing them and she says who cares yeah. i can fix it go ahead it doesn't matter if i break it i can fix it it's finally she has some control over something yep go ahead and when she throws the plates up in the air and lets them fall uh i i love it's, it's a great page because she's smiling finally and she goes uh, uh go ahead and smash you fuckers i can fix you later i can fix everything yeah oh and man. i think i think sort of a big thing to pick up on in this if we haven't already in this chapter, we pick up on that. Her drinking is tearing the family apart. Yes. It, she, she is so isolated from the rest of them. Uh, cause they, they, they don't want to deal with it. They both, uh, you know, Ty, um, Tyler gets really uncomfortable because she, she, uh, he reminds her a lot of, of Rendell and not in like a creepy, like sexual way or anything like that, but just finds comfort in that. And that's, that's her son. That's, that's not the sort of relationship that they're that they're supposed to have. 
Okay. Yeah, she'll just um, go and sit on his bed in the middle of the night and talk to him. Right. And, and then, like Kinsey sort of tells him like he's a teenager. He doesn't need that shit. He doesn't need like your you to come into him in the middle of the night and just dump everything on him. Right. And she and Kinsey just sees her mom. You know, Tyler I think feels some it feels compassion. You know, for for his mom, he he will listen to it at first. Uh but but Kinsey's just disgusted she thinks that she thinks her mom is pathetic for this now she doesn't fully understand what she went through and 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 why she does what she does um to try to try and forget everything i think she sees her mom as weak and afraid and i think that's why she takes out her fear right and and her tears because she doesn't want to become her mom she sees what it has done to her mom as an adult and she does not want to be that so the last part to this volume is when Nina mistakes Tyler for Rendell, and in in all this commotion, the the urn with the ashes of Rendell gets broken on the floor, and we find inside that is the Omega key. Inside the urn, how inside did it the get urn. there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how did it get there? That's it for the volume. So Dean, do you want to take us to? Sure, we should just uh, do one more Dean key recap. I also have the shadow key. Now, Dean, do you have these with you right now? I don't. I have a picture. I could send it okay. to you. Yeah, send Why don't you bring them? Yeah. They're in a uh, they're in a display. Oh, uh, right. like a right. a display box, like a museum quality display box. He's he he spent like an entire year's salary on this. Laura Laura was very upset with him. Uh, <laughs> re- re- really shook the marriage. But uh, they they came through. They persevered in the end because he, sure. he, he Actually, used the head key to take those memories out of her. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I will say, since we bring up Laura, she is the one who bought me every one of these keys. That's awesome. It Good is on awesome. Laura. Okay, so we're ready for book four. We're we're closing. We're closing <clears throat> book three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, do it. Okay, so book four is really weird because. Uh, while these have all been sort of story arcs with sometimes, um, you know, an epilogue, this Keys to the Kingdom book four is kind of a bunch of one shots. Um, so the plot summaries are going to drastically change from paragraph to paragraph because that's kind of how the book goes. So book four, Keys to the Kingdom. Bodhi finds the animal key and door. When he goes through it, he's turned into a sparrow. Dodge follows through the door, transforming into a wolf and gathers other wolves to hunt down Kinsey and Tyler. When the wolf pack surrounds them, Dodge requests the Omega Key. Bodhi, now part of a sparrow flock, gets the other sparrows to swoop down at the wolves, distracting them. Dodge escapes and transforms back into Zack just before Sparrow Bodhi shows up. Kinsey and Bodhi use the Skin Key to transform their appearance and sneak into the psychiatric hospital to talk with Aaron Voss, a friend of their father. With the help of two horny janitors, Dodge shows up at the hospital and kills both the janitors, then hides as Kinsey comes in. She uses the head key on Aaron and finds there's only whiteness and the words Dodge and Rendell in her head. Aaron's nurse comes in and Kinsey and Bodie run away from the hospital. Over the month of February, the Locke kids use a number of keys to fight off the Dark Lady while their personal lives fall apart. Rufus comes over to Key House and ends up playing war with Bodie. While playing, the ghost of Sam Lesser shows up. Unlike the other characters, Rufus can actually see him. Sam explains what happened to him and tells Rufus more about who Zack really is. 
Sam explains that the door through the well house has the power to destroy Zack, and he should tell the other kids about this. Rufus tries to tell Bodhi about Zack, but is interrupted when he shows up to pick him up. Later at the Cape Cod hospital, Brian finally wakes up and tells Duncan there was another person in their house that night he got hit by a car. When Tyler and Duncan leave the hospital, Duncan mentions that the guy with the gun in their house had a lip ring. Tyler suddenly has a realization, as his new friend Zack has a lip ring. Two days later, Tyler is marking down all the days the Dark Lady attacked them in February and notices that Zack is always gone when they get attacked. Tyler takes his investigation further by going to Zack's house when Zack is gone. Unfortunately, Zack picks up on Tyler's weird mood and uses the Anywhere key to show up in his room where Tyler has found a jar of Dodge's memories. Zack uses the magical music box to hypnotize Tyler as he attacks Detective Matuku and kills Ellie. Now this is the big one. So I got one more paragraph here. This is the one that'll punch you in the gut. Dodge kidnaps Bodhi and takes him back to Key House, where he plans to use Bodhi's body now that Zack's is compromised. As Dodge throws Bodhi through the ghost door and takes his body, the ghost of Sam Lesser takes Zack's body and carries small Bodhi to the wellhouse to kill Dodge's spirit. Before he gets to the wellhouse, though, Kinsey kills Zack's body with a skate. Who wants to go? I just talked, so not okay. me. <laughs> so now you, well, I'll uh, I'll start then. I like the first the first issue because it's um we get two different styles of art, and um one one version is very cartoony, and it's looking at things through Bodhi's eyes. And the other art style is very, very graphic and adult, and it's looking at the situation through Dodge's eyes. So we haven't had a change in art style no. in the book yet. And then this this volume begins with this super cartoony, scratchy looking looking art. But Bodhi like Bodhi hits Dodge. They're all it's wintertime. They're all outside. Yeah. Bodhi hits Dodge in the face with a snowball. He goes over and strangles Bodhi and kills him. Then he bites Kinsey's neck and he's pressing his thumbs through her eyes yeah. trying to get the omega key and this is clearly all in his imagination this yeah. is what he's thinking when he got hit with the snowball he's like this is what i'd really like to do right for sure um but Bodhi finds another key in the birdhouse right right after this he finds a small door that has some animals above it puts the key in now he knows what this is going to do already so he's saying to himself, he's like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna open this door and it's going to let loose the beast within me. Totally. And he's like, I'm, I'm going to be a fearsome silverback gorilla or maybe yeah. a cold-blooded crocodile. And he goes through the door and he turns into this sparrow. Yeah. He's a little, little bird. <laughs> and that's what he is. And we're like, we're, we're like yeah, that's you, Bodhi. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, totally, you're a little totally, sparrow. Totally. You're not a huge gorilla. I love his dialogue in that because he goes, great. That's just great. How am I supposed to inspire fear and dread like this? I guess I could poop on someone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, to- that's totally a little kid. And and uh, to mention, too, the the very, you know, more uh, scratchy, cartoony stuff, th- this is a tribute to Bill Watterson. For sure. Uh, creator of uh, Calvin and Hobbes. Okay. <clears throat> it looked like that. It looked yep. like that. Yeah. So th- they, they did that on purpose. And I, I, okay. I, I think... Real, you know, because we mentioned juxtaposition earlier with uh, the card with Gabriel Rodriguez's uh, very cartoony art style and uh, Joe Hill's dark uh, story matter, and then this really uh, highlights the, uh, uh, the the two sides of this: the mm-hmm. the, the horror and and uh, and sort of the in- innocence of uh, of Bodhi. Yeah, 
Yeah. So Dodge Dodge follows Bodhi through the animal door. Dodge yeah. turns into a black wolf. Yeah. And then is going out and he like kills a deer, splits a deer in half, um, finds Tyler and Kinsey and is um requesting the key from them. He like the he pisses the symbol of yeah. Omega into the snow. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, it's the dark lady. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Yeah. Um but but this is where they're in trouble, right? Like there's yep. there Dodge is there as a wolf and there's a couple other wolves there as well. And Bodhi, as a bird, convinces this flock of birds up in the sky, which was really neat because he kind of flies up into the flock and he's getting hit by them all. And they're all like bumping him around and none of them really know what they're doing or where they're going. But he convinces them to help out. And these birds go and attack uh, the wolves. Now, in in Bodhi's imagination or in, in, not in his imagination, but in, in his version of it, in his art style, it's all kind of like happy and, and bubbly. These birds going down, and if they get killed, they're lying on the ground with X's in their eyes, yeah. and there's there's no blood or anything. And then you get Dodge's version of this, where these wolves are ferociously biting the heads off these birds. Yeah. There's blood everywhere, all over the snow, and uh, it's I really really enjoyed this 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 book for the way that they did these two right. conflicting art styles and different these people's different. Yeah, it's also a setup for the book that they really need to, these kids really need to join forces and fight together because Bodhi as a sparrow is, he realizes that he actually has all these friends to help him out, all these sparrow friends that can turn the fight in his favor, even though they're birds and they're having to fight vicious wolves. They just, they just all get together on the same page and he's just like, oh, wait, why don't we do this? Like, why don't people get together? and we fight together right but i think i think what's interesting too is his is that horrible realization that uh there there will be casualties you know because he, yeah. he he says he, he tells the birds he goes hey my brother and sister are in trouble and he goes what what do we do and and it's the flock who says we save them you know we work together and he goes okay well what's the plan and he goes some of us will pit- uh, pitifully throw our bodies into their open jaws and hope the dogs choke on our corpses and uh, the others will shriek for all their worth in an attempt to give the attackers crippling migraines. And Bodhi's face as the bird is just, oh, he's, he's feeling this terror. And he goes, I'm so, so, so sorry I asked. And then when he runs runs out at the end after they after they succeed and he sees all the birds on the ground and they're they're dead. He, he he's crying. And I think he realizes, yeah, we'll we'll have to work together, but... Uh, th- this is sort of the first time for him too that he he sees that there's going to be consequences to this. Right. Okay. This he thing, has to things are starting to get real. Yeah, things are starting to get I think a little more real for him. No, I I love I love that first issue. Um, the first one's really good. I think the structure of this book is really neat um, because they've because he doesn't want to do like the key of the month type thing. He just kind of shoves it all into one issue in the middle here where it's like the February issue and it's just how they find different keys and how they fight uh, Dodge or I guess like to them is the dark lady. They don't really know who it is at that point, but they're always fighting this this being that's trying to get the Omega key. Um, So it's cool that they kind of jammed it all into one issue. It makes that that issue very action packed. Um, But also at the same time, like I said in the summary their personal lives are falling apart. Kinsey is just sharing the head key with everybody like it's no big deal, which makes, you know, Scott jealous, who was the first one she shared the head key with, because then she was also doing that with Jamal. 
And so they start fighting. Um, Tyler gets really close with his uh, crush, Jordan, who's kind of the pretty mean girl. And she she sort of invites him over and then is with another guy in bed just to hurt him. And so he is crushed at that moment. What I really like about his story in this volume is he throws away his hat that he's been wearing the entire um, book. The Like all the volumes up to now, he's been wearing this Oakland A's hat that has this fishing lure on it that his father gave him. But she, you know, promises him some sort of sexual thing. And so he throw if he gets rid of the hat, so he immediately throws it away. And then after he, you know, sort of realizes that this wasn't everything he thought it was, he's rummaging through the garbage to try to find that hat again. And that just felt like really, it felt really personal to me. So I think, I think the big, the big plot point in this, in this volume, like you mentioned, is right near the end there where Dodge, they've got him trapped at his house, basically. Tyler's there, the detective's there, they know that he's a problem right they know that he's yeah tyler has figured it out yeah they catch him right but he's able to use the anywhere key to go back to the lock house and it's at this point where he he's such a fucker here because he agrees with sam he's like okay sam you know what um i've decided to um take that deal that you said where you can have dodge's body right he so gives sam this body which is now completely useless because everybody's after him totally so uses he's like oh i'm gonna get into Bodie's body instead gives sam dodge's body and then yeah sam like in dodge immediately gets killed like just gets a violent death too kinsey just like gets him in the face with this skate yeah. many 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 times <laughs> And I just felt like we feel bad. Kind of, so bad for him yeah. there. It's like, man, they, he just got set up, and then this is what's torn like just down. kind of insane. You put you put the villain of the first book inside the body of the main villain of all the other books, and we feel bad when that person is getting beaten with a skate. Yeah, like why should that happen? But we do because of the the journey they've taken us on. Yeah, and, and the problem right. is too is that's like this is their first real what they would consider to be a win and it's not well yeah yeah, at the end of this book they actually think that they have won yeah that it is over and we so again this is amazing because we now have the villain inside of the one character everybody loves the one innocent character Bodhi, who everybody trusts we trust Bodhi throughout the whole books he's trying to get more access to the keys and tyler and kinsey push him away and we are probably like yeah just give him some Give him, let him know where the keys are because, you know, he's he's going to help you out. He's he's way more important than you think he is. And now you're like, no, no, don't tell him about the keys. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. And, 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 and just Tyler being able to figure this all out is just another beautiful way that they've constructed the story where we know about Dodge and no one else does. So as soon as he picks up any sort of little piece of information, we are totally on board, so excited for him. And he becomes the hero to us. He becomes sort of worthy of the hero of the story where we're not really sure before he's still going through his own stuff but as soon as he starts figuring it out himself we see him as the hero Mm -hmm. and okay i will never uh forgive dodge for killing ellie uh so yeah that's tough fuck him uh repeatedly and also a quick shout out to my boy rufus yeah Yeah. we haven't talked about much uh, i love i love rufus 
Rufus is great. There's just so much, so much obviously in all these books to talk about that we have to yeah, we can't get leave stuff out. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was a terrible, terrible moment for Rufus here. Um, I felt really sad for him, but he's, uh, yeah, he's, um, he has a real tough storyline. Like he, he goes through a lot, um, a lot of sadness for him, but, uh, he gets his redemption in the end. So, yeah. And you know what? This just gives you, if you haven't read it, an excuse to, to go read the books, you know, just That's right. for, for sure. The, the and stuff, if you have read it, read cover. them again. Yeah, do it. Yeah. I, okay. You know, we didn't actually mention, um, so like I've this was the second time I had read read through the series. Um, the first time was back in like 2013 or something like that. Uh, Tim, I I know I know somewhat of Dean's history with it. Is this, is this how many times have you read this? Is this your first time through, or you've read it before? This is my second time. Second time through. Okay, cool. Yes, yeah, so I read it. I read it last <clears throat> year for the first time. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then Dean, I think you've probably gone. This is what your third time. Well, I've read the first volume like four or five times, right. but I never really went past that first one other than I think the first time I read it. Okay. Um, and so this is this is my first reread through um, sort of after uh, Tim and my mom passed away five years ago. And I find this story extremely affecting after those life experiences, which I didn't have the first time I read it. Didn't mean to bring down the mood. <laughs> no, no, um, no, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. So, and and I, I was I was just curious how you know what sort of the uh, history was. We didn't have to spend a, a bunch of time on it. I was just, just wanted to know. Um, I I was running a bit behind though, and I had to crash all six volumes in about a week. So I did this I in two a... days. Did you? <laughs> oh my goodness, that's it, impressive. It, it, yeah. was, it was two days. So Tuesday, I I had well, uh, okay, it might have been two and a half days because Monday I read. A little bit then tuesday was my day off and i might have read it all on tuesday oh um, my goodness yeah Re- read the rest of it on tuesday i can't remember now but yeah it was it was like two days that i just crammed for all of it. well I, I was sick and couldn't really do much so i just right. i just laid in bed and read lock and key it was, it was perfect. perfect sounds pretty good Okay, so right. but just just right before I Let's move keep on, moving. Right before I Let's move on. Let's keep moving. I know you want to get this one under a certain time. It's not happening. Let's Tim. keep moving. It's not happening. Just sit with it. Um, so right before I move to just book five clockworks, um, I just wanted to say about Zach sort of being ahead of everything here and being a, ahead of Sam Lesser. Um, I, I think that was really structured well because when you get up to this point, you think he's sort of fucking up in a lot of areas, right? He's been caught. And he's not, he's so cocky. He's not really a mastermind. He's just this cocky guy who's not really looking out for anything that's happening. And so you're like, yes, we finally got him. We finally caught him. But he's one step ahead of us. He's one step ahead of everyone in the book. He knows he can just jump into a different body if he needs to. And nobody knows about it. He understands the keys better than anybody, including us. Including us who have seen everything. Yeah. He, that's, that's what it is. He understands those keys. All right, let's keep going. (laughs) <laughs> I feel like I want to really take this slow now. Like, okay, so now that you are just like a little bit rushing, I feel like I don't want to read this plot summary. No, <laughs> this no, might no. be my longest one. Really? Oh goodness! So much happens in this so book. Long? So much happens in this book. We can just talk about. We can just talk about the volume if you want. We don't have to do the plot summary. Okay. Well, here's the thing. Well, now is... we're being inconsistent. 
Um, <laughs> but here, here's the thing is for the next volume, I was going to suggest that Dean doesn't do a plot summary because I think that's something so many things happen that we almost need to go through them as they're happening. And I don't know if we want to just rush through and have Dean say the whole, the whole plot. Okay. So yeah, cause this um, one is very, uh, very plot driven here for sure. Uh, yeah. Th- this, this, re- this has like the big reveals, you know, what all this story is really about. Yeah. And my, my first read through, this was my favorite book because as, as Alex knows, I like, uh, I like the story thread where it's like this thing that has been here that you didn't know about has been here all along. Scott Snyder. Yeah. That's your boy. (laughs) Go Go ahead. Do your plot summary for this one. And I think we'll skip it for the next one. Okay. Well, maybe we'll just go paragraph by paragraph. Well, no, the book, the series ends after this, after this book. This is the, it, it it's, on, it's only five volumes. We don't it have to talk. Not, we don't have to talk about the sixth one. <laughs> it's the best one. Oh okay, here I'll just start going. You just cut me off if you've had enough. Okay, book five clockwork. Enough. <laughs> okay, continue. It's called <laughs> Clockworks. You got that far. I'm kidding. <laughs> the book begins with ancestors of the Locke family, Benjamin and Miranda, witnessing their parents hanging in 1775 when Keyhouse Manor and the grounds are occupied by British troops. See, that really didn't need to be in there. I could have just cut that one right. You could have. You could, like I was saying, you could have kept this to one paragraph, but you chose not to. You chose to go <laughs> for a whole page. Is you made so a mad. He's so yeah, yeah, mad at me. You could. Show. You oh. could have made this a paragraph. I'm just saying. I'm okay, just saying. okay. Stuff yeah. happens in the past. Clockwork's <laughs> done. <laughs> well, go ahead. Go, go. The locks are hiding a number of soldiers in the drowning cave. When siblings Miranda and Benjamin make their way to the secret drowning caves, they find that the black door has been discovered, opened, and a demon has entered their world, killing their other brother. Benjamin, who is a locksmith, fashions the demon corpse into a lock and key, which keeps the black door closed. In the last panel of the issue, Tyler and Kinsey appear as spirits who have somehow been observing this whole thing. In the present, Dodge is inhabiting the body of Bodhi and murders Bodhi's best friend when he becomes suspicious. The destructive Bodhi breaks the bottle containing Kinsey's fear and crying. The monsters climb into Tyler's head, which drives him to madness. While Kinsey is removing her emotions from Tyler's head, Bodhi pulls out the Omega key out of Tyler's head, realizing that it is not a thought, it is the real thing. After Kinsey puts her emotions uh, back in her own head, Kinsey and Tyler discover the time shift key. Once inserted into the grandfather clock, the key allows them to travel to the past as spirits. This is how they were able to watch what happened in 1775. They decided after that to travel to 1988 to see their father. Rendell and his friends in 1988, who are Mark Cho, Lucas Caravaggio, Kim Topher, Aaron Voss, and Ellie Whedon, call themselves the Tamers of the Tempest after using the keys to stage a grand production of the Tempest. The friends are aware that once they become adults, they forget about the power of the keys. Rendell plans to craft a key called the Glamour Key that will make everyone see them as special, even after they've forgotten about the magic. But this requires them to open the black door to free a demon and use its whispering iron to make a key. When Rendell and his friends initially attempt to enter the drowning cave, eight-year-old Duncan tries to go with them. Lucas makes the young boy promise not to follow, which Duncan sort of does. As the group arrive at the black door, Duncan appears after using the Anywhere Key. When the door opens, Lucas notices Duncan and tries to shield him from the door. In doing so, he is mesmerized by what he sees inside and is possessed by a demon. Lucas's friends realize somehow something is very wrong with him. They try to save him but removing by removing all of his memories, including the memory of the black door, but this does not work as 
Lucas quickly finds out what they have done and puts his memories and evil back into his head. One more paragraph, sorry guys. Lucas steals the crown of shadows and the gender key and turns it and turns into a female to make his sex-obsessed friend Mark uncomfortable. After killing Mark and using the shadow to capture Rendell, Aaron, Kim, and Duncan right by the black door, Lucas demands Aaron give up where she is hiding the Omega key. After he removes all of Aaron's memories, Ellie is able to sneak in and get the crown off of Lucas's head. Rendell then causes a cave-in, which kills Lucas right next to the black door, and Rendell struggles with the fact that he caused the death of his best friend. I'm done. We did it. Great. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, Perfect. Dean, just like you, this is my favorite of all the volumes. Excellent. This gives us so much uh, backstory and meaning to everything that we've read up until this point. Uh, that yeah. Um, that that it makes it makes me like th- this one book here makes me like the rest of the series even more. For sure. This book, like, catches you up. It gives you the yeah. history that you've been missing. Right. Well, they tell us at the beginning, hey, this isn't the beginning. Now let's kind of go back to the beginning and uh, and uh, see see kind of where where we're at here. And this this volume also, it's it's kind of like Sam Lesser Part Two, but with with Luke slash Dodge slash Zach. You feel compassion for him. His friends. Like th- this was Rendell's fault uh, that that uh, that he was that he got sort of uh, you know possessed by by the that his soul was was corrupted and and it, and it's and it's heartbreaking because he seemed like really a decent dude. Yeah, well, we we pop into the story and we like kind of immediately see the parallels between Tyler and Rendell, where Rendell also has the pretty mean girl as his girlfriend and he just is so infatuated with her that he he wants to please her and she's very upset that she's not gonna be special after high school so that's why he's like okay well i'm gonna i'm gonna impress her by we're by making a new key and opening up the black door they're gonna make the glamour key yeah so that people will like them yeah moving forward they want to they want to try to take a bit of magic with them because they know about this rule where as soon as they become whatever um adults that they are going to lose all these keys and the ability to do what they've been doing with them to make themselves so popular. So that's like his last kind of ditch effort at, at keeping this girl liking him right yeah. before they all go well, off to college. It, it doesn't matter then if they forget about the magic, because if they have this key and they've used it, everyone will still see them as special. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and it just shows you that Lucas was kind of the best of them. Yes. Yeah, and you was. really you really feel for it here. It really punches you in the gut, which is another sort of moment in the in this book where you realize that you have been showed something about someone, but you didn't have the whole story. And you have these hateful feelings towards this face, this face you've been seeing in all these books. And he's kind of the best one when he was himself. Yeah, so this almost this whole volume is mostly a flashback to that previous time. Um, Tyler and Kinsey are the ones viewing it yes. themselves, right? They find a key to a clock. It's called the time shift key, mm-hmm. which allows them to set the time on this clock and go back in time as observers and watch whatever they want. Now, when they were trying to decide what should we go back and see, Tyler says, I want to go back and see dad. So they basically 
this whole volume for the most part is them watching these events unfold. So they are getting a really good idea of what they're up against here. Yeah. Right. They're, this is this is going to help them kind of make the right decisions going forward because they they see they see what it is. We get to learn here importantly that evil can come out of that door and enter into a person. But if there's no if there's no body close enough, the the evil comes through and turns into what they call whispering iron, right. which is what these keys are being forged out of. Yes. Is this this evil substance that has become a metal yeah. Yeah. because it wasn't able to enter into a body. If so it has all this magic. Right. It needs it. it needs a sock. You know, yeah. in order yeah. in order to come through. Um some other stuff I like in this one is Dodge as Bodhi and like how much of an asshole he is. For sure. Like very early on, um interestingly, uh, another child figures out that he's not Bodhi very, very quickly. Yeah. And Bodhi pushes him in front of the school bus and kills him. Yeah. Like just like that. He's like, Well, that's you have too much information. Boom, dead. And at that point, you're like, oh, okay, pushes him in front of the bus. We know that kid's dead. Yeah. You turn the page. Oh, the bus and like a pool of blood. Like oh, we yeah. actually just awesome. see, see it. Yeah, yeah. Here it is, everyone. Here's the kid dead. Yeah. So at, at this point, I'm I'm feeling super helpless. Like Dodge was already such a powerful character. Now he's taken the body of Bodhi. And like he's, what's gonna stop him now? Is is, is yeah. my like how how is anybody anybody gonna figure this out? How how are they gonna do anything about it? I feel helpless here. Yeah, there's there's no way they can figure this out. And then you're like, oh, time shift key, cool. They'll just go back and watch this. Nope, they can't because the time shift key has the millennium bug. That's right. It has the Y two K bug. The one not being the first one not being able yeah. to move. It, and could, it can't go to two thousand. I love it because it like it covers their plot, but it's also like just poking fun at what the hell were we doing in the first place to have the y2k bug yeah like you would just look at that and be like why is the one the only thing that you can't move and then think well yeah why did we just use two digits for dates right. in all of our computer programs right, right. now because we were because we were idiots we were ignorant. Yeah. Yes. now to go back to what tim said earlier there you know there were some panels the the blink and you miss it type if you go back to the end of volume four uh there's a there's a scene where you can see a kid out back flying a kite i'm holding it up for these guys to be able to see i don't know if you can tell through that kid flying a kite and it's the exact same kite that the kid has oh yeah at the okay beginning. so I'm, I'm fairly certain that it's the same kid so you see him sort of in the background definitely at the, at the end of yeah, that one okay. and then yeah he's killed up like it's just horrible that's so bad it's horrific things ramp up so fast in this book yeah things ramp up so fast and we we just get all the horror of what happened in the past and i love just knowing how exactly we got there like how why is zach the lady in the well why why is that echo a lady and we we figure that out why is Aaron? Why does Aaron have nothing in her head? We figured that out because he took out every single thing in her head looking for the Omega key, and it wasn't there. And he's an asshole, and he didn't put them back in. He just of left course, everything yeah. out, right? To and make her why? Suffer. Why is he dead right next to the black door when right. when when that water is full and Kinsey and Scott are in the water? We see that at the bottom. Why did that happen? Oh, because the crown was able to be knocked off his head, and Rendell caved the whole thing in. Yeah, so he died. Mm. He died there. 
the only thing that brought him back was that well house. Right. Because the well, the well house. He was an echo. Back. It, we kept calling it the 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 well key, but it's it's called the echo key, and he was he was an echo of Luke. Yeah. So you can with with that echo key, you can go in the well house and bring back the spirit of anyone you want in the well house, but they can't leave the well house. Right. Right. I think if you have the anywhere key, they can. Yes, because they can't. A... They can't walk out the barrier of the door of yeah. the wellhouse because there's magic on it. But with the anywhere key, you turn that door into something else. That person can come out. Well, there's a closet in there, okay. so he turns the closet into somewhere else, and then they can go out. Right. Yeah. But yes, they can't cross that threshold of the wellhouse. Mm-hmm. Then they just are gone. Right. So that's how Dodge came back. Yes, he got the anywhere key. Yeah, well, yeah, Bodhi got it for him in yeah. the very first book, and that's how he got that's out he got of out. there. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm I'm good with that volume, unless you guys want to say more. Um, I mean, I guess for sake of time, we can uh, we can keep keep moving here, uh, or we can just end the show and not talk about the last volume. <laughs> <laughs> are you, we don't. Are you signing off, Alec? We Alex? don't want to talk about uh, talk about Mark's fear boner because that would be okay. Oh goodness. Um, do you guys do you guys know about fear boners? Uh, I mean, I have not done a lot of research. <laughs> maybe into it. not. I don't know. <laughs> it is. I'm like Alex. I don't think I have a lot of. Uh, it is from it is from the show The League. Alex, you and I talked about the we League did. one one time, two episodes. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's just yeah, it's just a funny episode in the League where uh, one of the characters gets a boner every time he's afraid. Mm. So that's what I thought. That's what I thought explained what Mark was ha- going through here. Okay. It must have been a little combination of fear boner. I didn't like Mark at all. <laughs> he, is, he was useless. He's useless. Useless. Well, I, I mean, comes to mind. Sure, he was. I don't know if he was useless. I mean, what? Come on, Alex. Alex, what did he do? You know you want. What, like, what you useful like thing him. did he do? You know you don't like him. <laughs> he didn't do anything wrong. He was Search your feelings, Alex. I mean, he was a punching bag for, um, for I don't know. I don't think he did anything wrong. I felt Tim, you know he what, definitely didn't do anything right. You know what that true. search your feelings reminds me of? What? Um, what Rendell Locke was looking for when he wanted to create this new key. Mm. He, do you know what he might have been looking for? Uh. Infinite <laughs> power! <laughs> Stop that. We had enough of that last week, Dean. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, goodness. <laughs> what was it last <laughs> week? I exploded uh, the mic on that one. Yeah, it's... Uh. Alex, just pretend you didn't even hear that. Okay. Pretend you didn't hear that. I do that a lot when Dean talks. I just pre- yeah. pretend I didn't hear that. <laughs> I like that I've just been cancelled for the summary of the last book. I've <laughs> been cancelled. The summary for the last book won't work. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, if you want to summarize the last book, we may as well just sign off immediately when you're done that because it's just, yeah, it's not going to work. Okay. Okay. So we're getting into the last book. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's stop rushing. Everybody calm down. Book. You calm down. I'm very calm. You're the one screaming infinite power. I'm very right? calm. <laughs> you guys are starting to get punchy. I'm nervous. What do you think, Alex? Do you think we do a, a plot summary? No, it's long. You guys don't want it. Okay, well, I say we skip it. <laughs> yeah, this this one looks to. Oh my goodness, he just scrolled down. There's so much uh, there. He re- I know because he rewrote the book. 
<laughs> and it's really good. It's better this way. Everybody wins. Um, okay, never mind. Read that instead. <laughs> if no one dies, then we're fine. This this one, this was the volume that I was dreading getting to. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Uh, just because, like I said earlier, you really become attached to these characters and a lot of the side characters too. We haven't spent a lot of time talking about uh, Jamal and uh, and and Scott and um, Rufus. Rufus even. No, yeah. no uh, uh, Jackie. Oh yeah, Jackie, Jackie too. Yeah. Jordan. Yeah, Jordan. So we have we haven't talked about a lot of the ancillary characters, and that's just because we're doing one episode on six books, uh, so, mm-hmm. so so we don't have time for it. But. You know, you just know the fate of these characters and you don't want to get there. This is this is by far the most brutal. You put, you know, take Head Games and put it next to Alpha and Omega, Volume 6, and you're you're like, "Holy shit, how did we get here?" This is mm-hmm. this is insane. I'm not I, I guess I'm I'm not going to be surprised if anything happens in this book when i get here right. i'm i'm ready i'm not ready for anything to happen but i just think like there's a chance anything could happen yeah I'm, i won't be surprised if any one of these or all these characters die see that's interesting because i i come into this volume with the same outlook i will not be surprised by anything and then it still surprises then, me it did it did surprise me still yeah because of dodge's final plan that surprises me mm-hmm. all right so it's prom night. All the kids are going off to prom. Most of the kids, at least, are going off to prom. Tyler is not going off to prom. He doesn't feel like he wants to be doing that. Bodhi is off doing dodge things. But basically what ends up happening here is basically all of prom decides to go to the drowning cave afterwards. It's like, yeah, that's where the after party is going to happen, That's the after right? party. Yeah. So this is very bad, right? It, it so is very is, bad. This is where the, uh, the, the, the door black is. door, that's where the black door is, and this is where Bodhi has gone to, right? This is all part of his plan. Um, so there's all these kids there partying. Bodhi comes running in and he's calling for help. He's trying to get them all to follow him yeah. down to this black door, right? He wants all the people down there. This, this is funny because this is when we finally get to see Dodge break character inside of Bodhi. Yeah. And the the people he's like he's telling them like come on come on we gotta get down there's um this has happened down there and that's happened and they kind of catch him they're like well wait a second none of that really makes sense right well yeah he's like Duncan's down here and Duncan's hurt and they're like why you're wearing the shadow crown why didn't you bring him up here with the shadows right and he's like ah oh, fuck it yeah yeah he he just breaks character and he starts swearing and it's really funny. Uh, He's like, I didn't really want to do this at this point, but all yeah. right, shadows there's grab everyone. Way, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Yeah, two, let's two, two months without a goof, and then at the last minute, fuck it. Let's yeah, let's right. do it the hard way then. Yeah. yeah. Um, the shadows are back where Tyler is. Tyler and I believe Duncan are together at the house. Yeah, they're fixing yeah. the car. He's control. Yeah, he's controlling the shadows in two locations yeah. now. So he's doing his stuff in the drowning caves with all the kids, but he's also up controlling the shadows at key house and in the garage where duncan and tyler are yeah and um matuku shows up at the lock house and there's a giant shadow gorilla that's gonna kill matuku so tyler kind of runs out of the garage to go help him tyler shines the flashlight on the gorilla which kind of opens up a hole and at the same time an officer on the other side is shooting at this gorilla the bullet goes through that hole and hits tyler 
right. in the stomach. Right. And Tyler is in real bad shape. Yes. They um are they don't know what to do. They don't even they can't really get anywhere because of these shadows, but they they decide they have to get him inside the house. He needs assistance. So they get him in there. And Nina is there and says that she knows how to fix him. Yeah, and she's sort of she's kind of second guessing herself. She's like, oh, hopefully I wasn't just super drunk and imagining that. Like, I hope it actually works. I hope putting him in here, it wasn't just in my mind. Right. And I think she can even think about it because she's drunk at that moment. That's right. Um, be- Because of what Bodhi had done to her earlier. Yeah. So she puts Tyler into the mending yeah. cabinet. And hold on real quick. That, that's really interesting. So like she had, she had uh, kind of beaten her uh her need for uh to consume alcohol and uh kind of forget everything that's that's going on around yeah. her to numb the pain but it's but it's dodge who uh as as bodie who allows her later to save tyler because like, yeah. like i said i don't know if she would have remembered true that, that cabinet without that right because she wasn't drinking what happened was the um dodge had the shadows just pour yeah. booze down her mouth until she got yeah. just like pissed drunk so she couldn't function. So perhaps if that didn't happen, she may not have remembered right. about the mending yeah. cabinet. Yeah, very true. Yeah, Tyler would have died. But Tyler goes in the in the mending cabinet and we get this really cool moment where he meets his father and his father says the key turns both ways. Mm-hmm. And Interesting. Yeah, we don't really know what that means, but then Tyler comes out of the mending cabinet and he's all better. Yeah. So it will fix a live person. Yeah. Which which It'll was fix an injury. It yeah. Wouldn't bring someone back from the dead. Well it wouldn't bring it wouldn't make ashes a person. Yeah. 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 Uh, in the cave is really creepy. We've got these the shadow characters are leading the kids down yeah. to the black door yeah. in single file. And for each kid there's one of these shadow guys and they all look exactly the same yeah and all the kids are holding a single candle each it's like this really weird weird ritual yeah ritual yeah that's going on and and kimsey says a really interesting thing in this moment she says why are they yelling down there like it's supposed to feel good yeah it's supposed to feel like the best thing ever so if he's creating an army down there why are they screaming right mm-hmm. which is where we first start to be like yeah, yeah what's so, going on down wrong. there yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Are we winning down there? Like, is <laughs> is Scott and Jackie, like, fighting back and winning? No. Oh, man. Yeah, because Scott and Jackie have fallen down into yeah. into the darkness. Um, and what, what's cool is it's kind of the opposite of what had happened uh, earlier in the series when, uh, when Kinsey and Jamal fall into the water. And, oh, cool, yeah. And the other, ones are, the other ones have been saved, and this time it's the other way around. Yeah. And I'm... I don't want to read more. <laughs> <laughs> and they do that a lot, actually, throughout this book, is set something up for you and then go and do the opposite. Right. Yeah. Later, which just like, it's a, just a visual cue for you to be like, oh, yeah, this happened before. And then Dodge gives them this, uh, he, he sets up these rules. Okay, there's there's three things that are going to happen. There is... Uh, one of because it's it's Jordan uh Tyler's kind of not not really girlfriend but girlfriend and yeah. uh Jordan's up there Kinsey's up there and Jamal's up there and one of them 
has to throw, uh, or two of them have to pick one to throw off the ledge and kill. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, the other one will be a slave, like a human slave, uh, to the demons that'll be let out. And the other one will be allowed to be turned into a demon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they, they have to figure out, you know, who, who's who. You know, what will happen? It's it's another great moment because Kinsey hates Jordan at this point because Jordan has broken Tyler's heart. So she was actually chasing her earlier, like tracking her down to yell at her, to yell at Jordan. Um, So you're like, okay, well, this is going to be obvious. Kinsey's just going to toss Jordan over the side. But no, they have like a really good moment because they're people. It's not just that you hate someone and you want them. Well, it's the only choice. I mean, I love Jamal and I hate you. So you're going over. I never got the feeling that they were going to throw anybody off. Yeah. I, I right. kind of knew from their their character development throughout this that nobody was going to choose to do anything. Yeah. But yeah, Jordan. But sort of me as a reader, I'm like, well, yeah, Jordan, you can go. Yeah, you would you she would be the logical choice, right? Yeah. But but they're not they're not going to do that, but she um she, Jordan throws herself off. And they they make it seem like everything was going to be okay and that they weren't going to like nobody was going to go off and they kind of yeah. Jordan kind of agrees and there's this, you know, it's this this panel where they're talking to her and then all of a sudden they look back and she's gone. She's, gone. she's, right. she's off the catwalk. Yeah. She's she, gone into the black. She did a lot of really shitty things to a lot of people and 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 her goal that she had set was to was to start doing uh one good deed a day. And uh, yeah, to, right. to, to to redeem herself. And she uh her her last comment is I guess it's never too late to start my new uh one good deed a day program, huh? And yeah. and Jamal goes, Sure, uh go for it. When when we get down to the black door, you can hold the thing open for and then she's gone. Yeah. And there's this uh if I flip over here, this perfect full page. It's mostly darkness, mostly black, uh Kinsey and Jamal holding hands on the ledge and just there being nothing else yeah yeah sadness yeah <laughs> right yeah all, all the blackness is the sadness i feel it's, inside of it's the sadness <laughs> inside my heart so back at the house the detective matuku has been killed now and in the cave you get kinsey and jamal on this catwalk mm. and scott and jackie make a return jackie has the like the angel wings and scott has this Hercules necklace that was something that was in the book and we think like okay great like they've got these they found these tools that yeah. can help help us here at the end but it turns out that they had been turned into demons by Dodge yeah. so they are they're evil and not only is there not help coming but now there's more powerful enemies to be fought against for right? sure and physic more physically powerful enemies yeah now that Tyler has come out of the mending closet he says that he's going to forge one final key. Mm-hmm. He's got an idea for one more key. Cool. So he goes into the garage and starts forging this key. We get some information from Dodge here about this other spirit world, or this demon world, and he, he says it's called Lang. And it's this very evil, aggressive, um, like this world of instinct where mothers eat their children and fathers eat the mothers, and everybody's eating everybody. And that Dodge has been out of that world for so long that he doesn't actually want to go back. He's not trying to open this door so he can go back or even let those people through. He wants to be in charge. And he thinks if he can just let a few of these spirits through that he can control, 
then he can create whatever he wants out of this world. So he doesn't even want to go back. He, yeah. he likes it here. He's Yeah, this is the interesting part because everyone thinks that he's herding all these kids down there so all these demons have hosts and he's going to have his whole army to take over the world. And like you said, he's like, why would I want to do that? Everybody on that side's horrible. On this side, I rule. I rule the world. So all I need is a handful of people that can help me rule the world and we're good. Yeah. I love it here. Yep. So in that cave, we saw two of Aaron Voss's um, memories. Right. They came out of a pipe. And it's at this moment after Dodge kind of goes on this rant about not wanting or what is basically is sharing his plan now with what he's trying to do. Yeah, because he's also kind of sitting on a pile of that whispering iron because he wants to make more keys. He wants to make all the keys that'll help him do everything. Yeah, he's got a, he's sitting on a huge pile of iron. Yeah, and he's got a big plan. Yeah. So these Aaron Voss, their their memories, I guess, her memories, they come and grab the head key and they take the shadow crown off of Dodge. Yeah. And... Tyler has made his way there. He's come down this ladder and it's kind of funny because this whole time Kinsey keeps talking about how Tyler's going to come and save them, right? And we just have to hold on for a little bit longer. Yeah. Tyler's going to save us. And Tyler comes down there and he's got like nothing. Yeah. And and Dodge is just like, like, oh, you're stupid. It's <laughs> just yeah. coming like this. But- Because it's not even like a sneak attack. Like Scott no. right away, he's like, hey, someone's coming down hey, that I ladder. I can hear someone coming. <laughs> yeah. He's like, get ready. But he just comes out. And he's got this key that he made, which will separate the demons' souls yeah. from the people. And I love this key. I love how shitty it looks. Because yep. he's not like a locksmith. He's not a blacksmith. Like, he, he doesn't know how to make this. So all these other keys look great because they're made by this locksmith. Yeah. Um, but he's got this little shitty A. Like, this A key that's kind of like yeah. just a piece of wire, really. Yeah. So he sticks it into Scott's chest. Yeah. And that separates the demon from the soul. So Scott is, he's got his soul back. Yeah, he's but free. Unfortunately, what it does is it melts that, the the, the demon is this whispering iron, right? And yeah. it, it ends up, when he turns the key, it melts this demon and this whispering iron leaks out of people's eyes yeah. and mouths. It's all and in your body now. They so right. you can't survive it, right? Yeah. Like you die from it, but it's, it looks so painful. Painful, yeah. but really cool. Like they look really cool with this silver coming out. It's like, yeah, yeah it, I don't know. I, just, I thought it was very interesting the way that that. Yeah. They, they well, did he that. so he gets to free their soul even though he's killing them. Yeah, he he, he says it saves you, but it doesn't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It 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 separates the demon from your soul, but when be when it separates, it turns into the to the whispering iron that that yeah. we saw drop from the door earlier. That was sad. So, but but now they have Scott on their side. You know, he's he's going yeah. to last longer because he's uh, he's wearing that, uh, like I said earlier, the, like the Hercules necklace. Right. Uh, so, right. So yeah. So he doesn't instantly die. Kill, That's yeah, right. it's not going to kill him right away. It's it takes longer. So they they uh, he he gets to help them at the end here. Yeah. Yeah. So Bodie takes off up that ladder, trying to get away. Tyler climbs up after him and. Near the top there, Bodhi's throwing rocks down at Tyler, trying to knock him off and hurt him. And then Rufus shows up yeah, and grabs, grabs Bodhi. Yes. And um, Bodhi's got this key bag around his neck with all the keys in yeah, it. Yeah, so yeah. Rufus grabs Bodhi, takes him over to the wellhouse, pulls out the echo key, opens up the wellhouse, and walks into the wellhouse with Bodhi and... 
as soon as he crosses that threshold, this golden demon comes flying out of Bodhi's mouth. Yeah. And it disintegrates. Disintegrates. So the, this demon is finally dead, but unfortunately, so is Bodhi. Because his this the body's lifeless, right? There's no spirit inside it anymore. Yeah, so just a sock now. Yeah. Now we, we didn't talk very much about Rufus, but he knew what was going on with Bodhi. He knew that, that Dodge was inside of Bodhi. Dodge had been terrorizing Rufus and Nina throughout this whole book. So yeah. he knew Dodge was the enemy. He knew what was going on here. Yeah. And it was a great moment for him to be the one to do this. To be the hero, yeah. Um, it was really, really good redemption. Yeah. Now, Bo- just Bodhi, like, seeing this happen, like, we had mentioned before, Bodhi's just, like, this this bright light in this yeah. dark book. He's just, like, full of life and energy. And this is... I'm sure what you were talking about when you were surprised, like this book surprised you. Like I was yeah. expecting anything really to happen here, but not this. Yeah. <laughs> like I wasn't expecting it. So I was, I was really taken aback by this. Yeah. And it was very, well, very even, sad. Even at this point, I'm like, okay, like this is bad, but also I know there's a ghost of Bodhi flying around. Right. So ghost, so ghost Bodhi is still out there. He's going to be, he's going to go back in that body. So I'm still okay. Yeah. So I flipped the page. <laughs> and, and we're his, at his we're funeral, at his funeral and there's an urn yeah. we know that doesn't work so this has kind of come full circle from the beginning of the book like we For start sure. off very close to the beginning in this funeral home tyler's sitting it's the same shot he's like sitting in this in this uh, on this bench in this room and we go right back to that he's again sitting yep. on this bench in this room with his head down they're just back there again yeah exactly nina's in the the next room obviously devastated uh, she says she's done with drinking now because of what it's done to the family. And we haven't really talked much about it, but this book is full of people crying. Mm-hmm. Like there's always people crying. And the way that something about the way they illustrate these people's tears yeah. make makes it so effective. I think it's maybe how much they're crying, like how much actual tears are coming yeah. out because people's faces, like the tears are flowing down yeah. these people's faces. You really, you really feel like they're in deep pain. For sure. It's like always moments. streaming in like two yeah. streams down each eye mm-hmm. surrounding the eye. Yeah. It really looks, it really looks sad. It is sad. Yeah. You really, you really feel it. So a little bit later after that funeral, um, Duncan and Tyler have a nice moment together where this car that Tyler had been fixing all summer, that was Duncan's. Duncan gives it to him. Um, Tyler now has this huge keychain. <laughs> His keychain. He has all the keys this now. keychain. <laughs> it's this massive. It's one of the big rings. Yeah. And this is full of all these cool, like, when <laughs> I was When I was keys. a kid, I was just obsessed with keychains. Like, that's what I collected. So just oh, yeah. seeing this, my eyes were like, whoa. Yeah, and they I all do that. something. They're all special. Yeah, they're so all so cool. magical. He's so powerful. So <laughs> he drives He drives back to the lock house, which had been burnt down kind of in that um, final sequence. So there's nothing left. A couple doors into- still standing. Couple yeah, doors, yeah, a couple doors. Yeah, there's a there's a little bit, yeah, a little bit still there. He goes to the well house, he walks in and he hears the word who. Mm-hmm. And he says, Luke, Lucas, Dodge, Caravaggio. And Dodge jumps out of the fucking well. We're like, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm like, holy shit, what's Stop going it. on here? I was not expecting this. Yeah, like, no, him, not at all. To go like get Dodge here, but they talk for like a, a short bit and Tyler basically says that he's there to save Dodge. Yeah, like he yeah. still wants to save his soul. He wants to get this thing out of him so that he can 
they'd be at peace, right? Yeah, see, yeah. which is what's interesting about Tyler here, because he has seen what we saw in of Lucas of the past. Yeah. He's seen that he was a good guy, and it's just this situation sucks. Right. So he's able to separate want that. to sa- separate that and want to save him. Yeah, mm-hmm. so Tyler tackles Dodge into the well. They fight for a bit, but Tyler gets the key into Dodge's chest. And... um like luke the real luke now comes out he's kind of like freed and they have a a moment to just talk and it's a really interesting conversation because they're talking about what it's like to be dead yeah because um luke was basically dead right and 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 how it felt doing the things these horrific things that the the demon forced him to do and he had this interesting point where he said that the the demon made it feel like he enjoyed right like he wanted to do this yeah, he yeah, tried to convince so, him that this is what he really wanted. Yeah, so he felt really bad at the end because you know while people would say to him like, "Oh, you didn't do it; it was the demon," but in the moment he felt like he wanted to do it, so he still yeah. feels responsible for for all these these murders he's done. Right? Yeah, so. he's like, not only was I actually there and a part of it, like not just this thing took over and I was a passenger. I actually enjoyed what was happening. I was rooting for it. And that is so heartbreaking. I actually can't believe they put that in the end here. I know, Because the whole time I'm just thinking, well, it's not him, it's not him, it's not him. And then he comes out and says, I felt every moment of that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So Tyler picks up Luke, carries him out the door, and Luke turns to dust. Now, they go to visit Aaron Voss. Yeah. And they've got a bag of her memories. All her memories. So it wasn't just those two memories that yeah. had, that were in the cave. There must have been a bag of them. And they take the bag and they put all of her memories back in her head. Very nice. And yeah, so she gets a happy ending there. She's uh she she's been in a wheelchair the whole time and I yeah. think she stands up at the end and the, oh, for the sure, nurse yeah. is like, "Where do you think you're going?" and she says something like, "I'm going to live the rest of my life." Exactly. Just, um, yeah. A nice moment for her. We didn't talk too much about her, but Tyler, he comes out of this funeral now for Jackie and Scott and Scott. Yeah. Right. They had a, uh, I guess, uh, Kinsey and Jamal were giving the eulogy at that funeral. Um, Tyler comes out of it and we see Jordan's father, who's just fucking clueless, right? Like he's not even sad. He's not even no. in there. He's just smoking his cigarette. And Tyler sees Jordan's motorcycle. He hops on the motorcycle and basically like steals it. And we get this great page here with, Tyler driving it and like the spirit of Jordan on yeah. the back hugging him like hugging him like really tightly and yeah. lovingly and it's another moment where they just bring back what they set up earlier because he was having a conversation with Jordan about like what would you wish for if a, a genie came out and said you had three wishes and he yep. said he would wish to drive her motorcycle and she oh, said okay. you don't need a genie for that right. but then she died like that that never came about so it was right. nice that he got to hop on it and just drive off so Ty's back at the burnt lock house again sitting on a bench and uh this this bird comes over and sits on the end of the bench and like it it flies off and you can tell that it's trying to lead him somewhere so he follows and it, it leads him to the ghost door now he opens up the ghost door and the bird flies in right yeah and the spirit of the bird comes out and then you see Bodhi, the ghost of Bodhi, there talking to this bird, and he says, "Are you sure?" And the bird basically tells him that it wants to go looking for its family in the right. spirit world. Right. So it doesn't want its 
body anymore. Yeah. So like yeah. I'm already so emotional oh, this with last, the book at yeah. this point that this this little moment where like this bird sacrifices its body For so sure. so Bodhi can live and have a yeah. body, like it just crushed me. Like For it sure. just yeah. absolutely crushed me at this point. Uh, it's just truly beautiful. This this just like a it's selfless so act from a yeah. bird. It sounds so dumb, but yeah. I mean, oh my goodness. So yeah, Bodhi goes into the body of the bird and becomes this bird. Yeah. But then starts to lead Ty again and leads leads Ty to just outside of the animal door. Yeah. yeah. So Tyler's like, oh, okay. So he puts the key in, opens it up. And then out of all the things that have happened in this book, we get a look on Tyler's face that we've never seen in this book. Like his most shocked look. Right. Yet, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is really interesting. But um, he says, he calls up, uh, he calls Kinsey and he says, you better get everyone down here right away. And then what do we see? Bodhi's next? back. Bodhi. Bodhi's back. Bodhi's back. He's alive. Yeah. What the hell? Like what? What? It's such an ins- insane turnaround. That's yeah, going I, on I wouldn't here. have. I wouldn't have thought of that process, which is cool because if they're gonna bring Bodhi back, you think, okay, Ghost Bodhi and Ghost Bodhi's body, like in Bodhi's body. So like yeah. that's how they're gonna yep. do it, and mm-hmm. they just like throw you for a loop there, and then do this like crazy acrobatics to get him back and you're like i didn't even think of that and that's amazing no but, like, right I, right but it doesn't feel like a cheat because not they at all. set it up earlier yeah not yeah. at all i mean i thought i thought when he got into the bird i thought that was it right this you kind of get this bird. nice yeah. moment of yeah. him being free like a bird but I, the first time i read it i didn't even really understand what had happened i okay. didn't pick up yeah. that this was the animal door that he was going right back through yeah. the animal door from the outside so second time through, I just kind of, the first time I accepted it is like, oh, that's just something weird is going on. We're not meant to know. Second time going through, I realized that it was this animal door that he went back into and then yeah. came out a human on the other side. Now, I mean, interesting that you don't need to have a human body and you can just come through as the animal and the human body is still like exists. Yeah, because you know? it, it, different from the ghost door, yeah. your body is not left there. Like right. you actually transform. You morph right. into so, that bird. Yeah. Yeah. And so Bodhi's like animal is a sparrow right so if he he is in a sparrow's body and he goes through he becomes right and and he also yeah, mentioned so- too like you know it works his dad said earlier you know the kind of key the key turns both ways totally so, yeah yeah so before yeah. he could turn into the the animal and then back in this time he's the animal and he can just turn back into the human and it, it makes total sense all the logic is there yep so we get what one more scene here tyler goes back to the well house goes in voice asks who and tyler says dad and his dad appears and his dad has this fantastic quote he says your body is a lock death is the key the key turns and you're free to be anywhere everywhere two places at once nowhere part of the background hum of the universe so he's kind of sharing like what it's like to be dead yeah. right with 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 tyler yeah and he said another really like beautiful thing when he said while when the ashes when his ashes were put in the mending cabinet it didn't it didn't heal his body but he said it did wonders for healing his soul hmm. Interesting. so it, it's still it's still putting those something. ashes in, yeah. in there still did something yeah. for him on some level yeah um and, and i like when when tyler here asks him to come out he says i got the anywhere key yeah he could get him out there he could get you out and and this is really neat where rendell's sort of like no i'm at peace out here Mm -hmm. the only types of the only types of uh creatures that want to hold on to this world are demons 
they don't pass on. They want to hold on to their right. their life in the world. He's yeah. like, but I'm cool over here. I'm excited for yeah. the day you join me. Right. He, say, he says when you pass over, you yeah. realize that you don't want to go back. Yeah. Um, so they have a really good heart to heart where we kind of get this closure to their relationship. For right? sure. Where Tyler felt guilty for Rendell getting killed and they, they kind of talk through that and Rendell let him know that he 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 didn't look down on Tyler like any any problems that Tyler was seeing Rendell was like look look man I was I was just a, I was young as well like I didn't even understand how to be raising you 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 guys right like I was struggling myself just living my life so nothing against you there was no no ill intent towards yeah. how you, how I came across to you guys you know I was just trying to love you and do the best I could so they do have a really great heart to heart and then they walk out of the well house together and Rendell turns to dust and blows away. Tyler locks the door and that's the end. And there we get that Tyler arc closing. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like he had to really learn to get to this point. And we can just see how he's grown with this conversation he has with his dad. And he looks different by the end. For he's sure. He's got oh, glasses yeah. he looks on. Older, his, yeah. his hair's a lot shorter. He's growing a beard. He looks very mature. Well, that's why he knows he's not. It's coming to the point now where he's going to start to forget the keys. He's become an adult. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Man, um, I love this series. Yeah, it's 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 epic. It's an epic read. There's so many small moments in this book as you go along. We tried to run through it, but you know, there is a lot there. You know, maybe story-wise, if we're going 37 issues, uh it, it, there's there there's not a, a ton we have to go over, um even though this episode's what's seven, no, 17 hours now. There's I mean, <laughs> I think we talked about yeah. But just like just like the little things that you can pick up that are not like said, right? They're just kind of shown, and they're there for so you can connect with it emotionally. Yeah, one thing that I was thinking throughout, I'd be curious to read this series in the same art style as what Dodge sees in some of those scenes. Right, the ultra violent, ultra realistic, like we had touched on it a little bit. If we had a different artist on this with some more mature types of art, like let's say I'll use this as an example because I know we've all read it, but Fatal, if you draw this in a style more like that, that would completely change the feel of this book. Yeah, I would not. For sure. so, no, you wouldn't like no. it. I'd be interested to read it. I think the art style does a lot for this book right now, just to keep, um, keep the kids innocent. But I, I, I would be curious just to see what, what that might look like i don't yeah i think we i think we need this sort of cartoony art i definitely think you need it yeah Yeah. it's a it supports the story really well or how many moments in the book we are just screaming at it and angry with it yeah and that we need some hope out of it and so by just looking and at that type of art we think we're gonna get it soon even if we're not right don't get me wrong i don't think that yeah it would be better i would just i i liked those scenes where we kind of saw it out of dodge vision i'd be i'd be interested to see a whole volume like that yeah and because like because the keys like this is it's this story about this family but it's also this magical story about these magical keys I think they do a really good job, artist and writer, of sort of weaving lock and key lingo into the book, mm-hmm. where it can like really mean something more now, now that we yeah. know a little bit more, now that we know what how important things are. Um, so one example that comes to my mind is 
when Nina's trying to quit drinking and she tells Tyler, hide the key to the wine, like to the wine cellar, hide this from me so I can't find it. And he's already hiding the Omega key. Like he's, he's already holding onto a key and not telling anything. And this one's just as important. Like this key, regular key is just as important to hide, to keep his family together. That's interesting. I just think that's really like, they they have so many like little moments like this in the story. Yeah. There's so much. They tie the magical to the real. Yeah. There's so much that we weren't able to touch on, but it is a, it's a complete story. There's no holes in this story. There isn't. Anybody who's in there is in there for a reason as part of the story and their, their storyline gets um, completed in some way. Yeah. It's really, really great. Yeah, everything ties together at the end. I mean, some of them, some of our favorite characters are dead at the end, but... Yeah, such is life. Yeah. Alex fell asleep. All right. He's sleeping. He's sleeping. There we go. Oh, oh he's back. <laughs> Skype just froze. I got, I got really nervous. He was nervous frozen in, his blinking, in a blinking <laughs> state and it looked like you were sleeping. It looked like you used the ghost key and were just gone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you probably didn't hear my question. I, I had asked if you had, a, uh, if you had one of those questions for us at the end here. Oh, the what if, I do. Yeah. All right, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Let's, okay, get let's, the, get to... let's get to the what if. What if? My what if, then, is what if the book played out in chronological order? starting from the original scene back in the 1700s and moved forward from there. So this book does jump around a lot from modern or the modern day in the book to, you know, weeks earlier, sometimes years earlier, uh, all the way to hundreds of years earlier. What if this was just a chronological journey that we got taken through rather than flashbacks? Like, what does that do for the story for you guys? I think it would feel more like, uh, more like a history book. Okay, there's a way that, you know, where it's this happens, then this happens, then this happens. I don't, I, I don't want that. There's a, there's a storytelling progression uh, that, that works really well here, uh, you know, and, and it goes back to what, what we have at the, at, in the first volume. You know, you think you're coming in at the beginning. You're not. Here's the information you need to know right now, and then we'll give you some more later. Okay, uh, it's it, it's layering the story uh, in, in in a more interesting way. Uh, Dean, we had we did an episode uh, a couple of years ago on Stephen King's It. Okay, mm-hmm. now imagine imagine not jumping back and forth in in that story and just going in chronological order, kind of like what they did with uh, with the with the new movies. A, a, yeah. a little bit, and it, it didn't work as much in that you need more of the back and forth uh, cause, because there, there's more mystery to it, too, then. You know, there, there's there's a sense of wonder. You don't know everything. You don't want to know everything uh, at, at, at first. There's, there's the reveals that help uh, carry the story and carry your engagement in the story or of the story. Yeah, I would say it's, it's not as special. It's not going to be as emotional. I'm going to read it and like it, but I'm not going to read it and come to the end and think this is a very unique book. Right. And we don't get that history until book five, like and out of six books. So even though at the beginning we are reading a story where we know a lot more than our main characters, we actually don't know the whole story still. So even though 
they create this atmosphere that we do know more. We still don't know all. Right. And it's it's that cool mystery that that Alex is talking about. It's like treading that line of I like knowing what happened, but I also like the mystery. Yeah, I think you get better reveals with the flashback sequences. Yeah, so, yeah for it sure. Makes for a better read. And all and and like your your question is if it's in chronological order, it's just like we're just following the story. And these things in book five link up right to where we pick up on characters. So it's just cool to see how you get there, how we get exactly to that point. Yeah, for sure. Right. You lose you lose that like elevated sense of craft of you know the, Joe Hill knows and you know. How, However, well, however, the the story elements break down between Joe Hill and uh, Gabriel Rodriguez. Uh, they know how to tell a story, okay, and they're yeah. doing it in in a in a unique way, and that would kind of, uh, to me, steal some of the magic out of it. But I think this is an important conversation to really focus on how uh, how perfectly they told this this tale. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And, and even though we're catching up to moments, I could never have guessed how we got there. Yeah, like they still surprise me with how I got there. Uh, yeah, I'm it's surprised. So perfectly crafted. I'm uh, all the way throughout the book. I'm surprised at, at stuff. It's, yeah, it's it's great. Well, Alex, thanks for joining us again. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, we th- always th- love having you on. I appreciate yep. it. Thanks for your insights in this one. And Dean, thank you. You're welcome, always. Tim. Thank you. Thank you. Thank no, you. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> all right, and thanks to everybody for listening, and we'll catch you next time. That's it for another episode. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you'd like to drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as TalkBackPod, or by email at TalkBackPod at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews will help more people find Talking Back. All right, that's it. We're done.